Hey Lexi, on October 5th, 1998, WCW Monday Night Show came to Columbia, South Carolina, and I was there live. You want to watch it and talk about it? Yes. And let's get the conversation started. Hello and welcome to Lexicon. It is Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And that's right, we're watching an episode of WCW Monday Night Show from almost exactly 25 years ago that I attended live with my late father. He, you wasn't, know he, wasn't dead at, he wasn't dead at the time. It wasn't like we <laughs> did a Bernie's thing. <laughs> you you <laughs> know, I just was puppeting him the whole time. You know who wasn't there? You. Bob was probably. I, I think he was <laughs> and dead. me. I think he was dead by then. Uh, I don't know. Died. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we're not going to be quite watching the whole of this episode because it was during the three-hour Nitro era, and some of that just isn't really worth watching at this point. I mean, if you want to go back and watch it, I watched the first part of the show earlier today just for nostalgia's sake, and it was totally fine. But it's just a few matches that ultimately don't mean much in some video packages, so we're going to get into the meat of the show here. It's a little bit of an odd time, as Dylan pointed out. So if you're watching along with us, we want you to get your copy up to 39 minutes and 41 seconds. There's a Humvee just pulling up outside on screen, and the closed captioning says crowd cheering. Your results may vary slightly. We're watching, of course, on Peacock, and if you are as well, you're going to want to go to the WWE section, then in the WWE section, go to WCW, then Nitro, and then this is, I believe they call it Season 4. In episode 40, again, October 5th, 1998. The description is Bret Hart and Sting brawl throughout the arena. More on that later. Right. But again, for those not watching along with us, hopefully we'll be entertaining. For those that are watching along with us, we're going to count down 3, 2, 1. And on play, we'll all play together. And I think Lexi wants to say something before we actually get started. I was going to say, oh, I looked at a Bob Ross passed away on July 4th, 1995. He was definitely not there then. Unless somebody oh. brought his ash. He was there. Unless yeah. somebody was weekend at Bernie's him there. Weekend, weekending at Bernie's. Weekend Yo. at Bernie'sing him. That is tough to use that as a verb. <laughs> Can you imagine bringing someone's ashes and then throwing them into the ring? That would be terrible. No, Mick Foley was making jokes about... On his podcast one time about having his ashes brought to the you know to the ring maybe if he if he get them to do it and Conrad made the joke about have Undertaker throw you off the cell one more time just throw the ashes <laughs> off the top of the cell hold on anyway this was a uh, it actually happened earlier in 1998 we didn't we didn't do that because I figured uh, other people who were more involved with it would be doing it and would do a better job but uh, I was tangentially involved with this because I was there. Nice. Uh, you're not going to be seeing me in this. My seats were not that good. They were fine to watch the Have show. Have you ever had really good seats at a show? Yes, I pointed out the Smack Thanksgiving Smackdown from 2002 where I showed this. you the pictures of us just sitting there in the crowd. But that was like a year ago at best. Well, then he not, not the Don't show ask that I me what to, I had for breakfast well, yesterday, wearing okay? Beanie so he can see himself. I was wearing my Christmas hat. Oh, my nice. red Christmas hat. And my white state newspaper shirt. And my black Harry Potter style jacket. <laughs> okay, anyway... We've meandered way too much because there's still a lot of show to go. Yeah. So anyway, if you're not watching along, hopefully you'll still enjoy the show. If you are watching along, here comes your countdown. WCW Monday Nitro, Season 4, Episode 40, October 5th, 1998. Bret Hart and Sting brawl throughout the arena. Humvee in the parking lot. Crowd cheering. 39 minutes, 41 seconds. And we are beginning in 3, 2, 1, Play. And there we go. The Humvee pulls up into the parking lot outside the Carolina oh, Coliseum at the time. Uh, not to be confused with the uh, Colonial Center, which uh, was actually built just a block down the street from this. This was still the Carolina Coliseum, the same arena from which we watched Thunder earlier this year. Yes. That's a lot longer than I thought it was. And also the uh, yes, the Humvee sorry. limo. <laughs> and also the same arena from which I saw my first episode of Nitro just about a year before this in, I believe, September of 1997. All right, we have uh, Conan, Lex Luger, Sting, and I believe Kevin Nash is also going to come out of the limo because I did pre-watch this earlier. Very nice. So I knew what part to start at. 
This these are this is the NWO Wolf Pack. Of course, the NWO started out as one of the biggest storylines in North American or at least United States wrestling history. Really spearheaded the uh, uh, the wrestling boom in the mid '90s that encompassed, of course, the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era. Uh, I don't know, but these men, the close, they're they're on the hunt. They're sure looking for something. Yeah, Conan's got a broom there. <laughs> like I, I get, it, he's just gonna pick up a random weapon, but uh, couldn't you pull out a bat or a chain or something? Probably. It's like, no, no, Vato, I'm here to sweep your floors, whether you like it or not. Yeah, sweep them off the record. Uh, they were almost acting like these guys didn't know what they were looking for or where they were going. It's like I would hope the performers know how to get into the locker room <laughs> here. Um, but regardless, this is the NWO. A couple years after it had formed and after it was the hottest thing, uh, and, and it did get bloated and watered down and, and wasn't nearly as effective as it went along, but at this point, it's just completely toothless. You see them brawling with other gentlemen wearing NWO shirts, but their NWO shirts are in white, which is the original color scheme. Mm-hmm. That's because at this point, the NWO has split into the NWO black and white or NWO Hollywood faction and the Wolfpack, the Wolfpack being the red and black, and, I, and I'm sure they sold a lot of merchandise with those new red and black shirts, but it just wasn't the same. He, oh, you said <laughs> cop bust his ass? <laughs> Mm. Uh, Stevie Ray, Booker T's brother there as a part of the NWO. And yes. um, Mike Jones, famous for the lonely Virgil photos and his love of Olive Garden. Uh, it, it feels like they're trying to the in, NWO too much. Well, it's... At, they, at, they didn't move on from it, just kept on using it. Well, the problem is they they had a great idea, but they did not know how to either end it successfully and transition into something else or to transition it into its next phase. And this idea, maybe it could have worked this intrafaction war, but it just will it somebody just it go was through a mirror. Will somebody? Yes. I don't think so in this scene. Damn. They Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, Uncle of Dawn I mean, they're like Breaker. right next to a big one. But it, it, even watching at the time, it was still entertaining enough. But you knew it wasn't what it could have been or what it was. It, it felt slightly unfocused too. Like I mean. Hogan, who's still supposed to be the leader of one side of the NWA, he's more focused on his feud with Ultimate Warrior. And like Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell, they're feuding with Rick Steiner. Sting is feuding with Bret Hart, who is kind of NWO, kind of not. And I mean, from being like the main focus of everything, they've really moved down the card at this point. Because I mean, Goldberg, who's currently the world champion, he's like the next big thing at this point. He's in the middle of a, of a ludicrous winning streak. And he was he was legitimately a big deal, like to the point that when we went to the show, I remember coming up to the arena outside, we saw a young lady who was freaking out saying, Oh my God, I hug Goldberg and I got a sweat on me. True story. Terrible impression, but true story. <laughs> But that's where we are now at the interview. They're still a major part of the show, but they're not the big thing anymore. Yeah. So I was never big. And, and I don't like the fact... Like Sting and Luger are part of the NWO Wolfpack. So I guess they're ostensibly baby faces now, but it still feels weird. Two of the guys who fought so hard against the NWO for a year and a half then joined them, and it just never set right with me. They should have had a different faction. Instead of two factions of the NWO, it's like a different faction going against the NWO. Well, I, I feel like the intra-squad fighting could have worked, but it just, it was... <laughs> LaPorca back there with his mask, his street clothes and the mask on still, just peeking around. Well, maybe they could have had three factions. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily have the magic answer, but clearly they didn't either, and that's part of the reason that WCW would eventually go out of business. See the Pepsi, machine, Pepsi machines back there. Nice. I think either Sting is looking for Brett, because he's looking around, and I know... Uh, Kevin Nash, the tallest individual there. Oh, yeah, there's Brett. Sting was looking for Brett. Could you imagine if Pepsi Man was there? 
Brett, this is of course this is of course post Montreal screw job and, and Brett will admit his heart wasn't really in wrestling by this point. This is before his brother died, of course. But even at this point his heart wasn't much in it. But WCW badly mishandled Bret Hart too. They they did not use him the way a star of his caliber should have been used and they really blew the acquisition of Bret Hart. Um this should have been a really big deal too, getting to see one of my all time favorite wrestlers wrestle. Um but as you'll see I don't really get to see him wrestle because the only interactions we saw with him are gonna be backstage like this so we got to see him on a video monitor but i could have done that at home yeah yeah i was thinking about the other day brett and sean are the only two of my favorite wrestlers of all time if i look at my top five that i never got to see uh wrestle live and i kind of got to see brett here but not exactly i haven't seen sean at all he's forklift certified this is one of the reasons that we started at such an odd time because alex specifically wanted to see this scene yeah I don't know that he is forklift certified. They had Steve Austin drive a lot of shit in the WWF, and he wasn't certified for most of it. How dare he not be forklift certified? But this is, I, I suppose, the NWO's limo or Brett's limo. Is he flipping it? He's going to, yeah. And I was trying to point out, too, Kevin was maybe also looking He's for his his on-screen and real-life good friend, Scott Hall, who was one half of the Outsiders, who should have been together in the Wolfpack, but they actually split them on the two sides with Scott being on the black and white and Kevin being on the red in another, you know... Ill-gotten choice. <laughs> the one hit with the hammer. Yeah. He had to get one in before it got too high. And it's rocking. It's a rolling and there it goes. Hey, got it all the way yes. over. And the window comes out right away. Was that the one? Now Kevin oh, might hit that hit. window. Maybe that's why it came loose. Wow, they're so badass breaking those windows. <laughs> he does. He barely even looks like he's hanging that. Yeah, he's like. Let's not, look like you're doing let's not rack up the insurance yeah, too that, much. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds like Kevin Nash. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. Big lazy. So pretend to smash the call. Knife. Yeah, Sing's asking for a knife. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, he wants to slash the tires. Like, you've already turned it upside down and smashed the windows. <laughs> it's not Do you need to slash the tires? Just bite the tires. Not only that, but why even ask for a knife if nobody's going to pull one out? Such a, it feels like just a, such a weird ad lib. Like I, I'd be slashing the tires, right? Oh yeah, let's just let's just beat up the frame a little bit. Why well, the bottom? I mean, obviously the glass is going to be the uh, the visually exciting thing there. Yeah, if they could just smash in one of those doors or something. This just looks a little silly. He's not doing any damage to it. it looks like. Yeah, probably not. Kind of like, that's like the hardest part of the car. Is going to be the frame. So. He said somebody should have like smashed. Like, the door. I feel like they off? could kick in a door. Honestly, quite sturdy. On kick in the door, wave in the. Floor I mean, I assume floor. they're relatively strong, but I also assume the wrestlers are pretty strong. So just spinning the tire. Oh wait, he, blown up no, he got a knife. Oh, a knife! He got a knife. Where did he get the knife? I wonder. Nobody knows. He stabbed they the tire once. <laughs> okay, and then he's done. Look, you can turn it over. You can break the windows. <laughs> But cut the tires, man. That's too far, too far. We tires are too expensive. Look at that pyro. That stuff was so loud in the arena, man. Yeah. I I, I, I tried to prepare y'all for that before we went to Raw in uh, 2018, but they had eschewed with the pyro by then. But that stuff was loud. It was loud sitting in the arena, and like if you were outside the arena proper, like walking around like the concourse where all the vi- uh, the vendors and stuff are, yeah. it was loud out there too. I mean, it's essentially like mini fireworks. It's not many. Oh, full-size fireworks. <laughs> maybe, maybe M-A-N-Y. De- How about extra-large fireworks? It, it is. It's pyrotechnics. It's literally that. Depends. It's slightly Depends on, the, on what you consider an average fire. And, like, some of that is probably just going... Psh- 
but like the big pops, boom, 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 people are coming out. What, what's the size of an average firewall? I was somewhere up around there, probably. Well, let's see you. I, I think, and I, th- I do think I was, if you're looking at the screen right now, on the right side of the screen, I think that's where we were, was on that side, because I believe we were facing the ring with the entrance to the right of us. Nice. It's Damien. Yeah, one of the luchadors. I don't know who that is. A lot, a lot of the Mexican wrestlers were used to uh, up match quality of Night Show, especially in its first few years. First few years. We're, we're past the halfway point at this point. At that the end of 98, Night Show only lasted till well, until WCW left in the beginning of 2001. We could, if we went back and... Exactly know, we went in 2001. March. Damn. The last Night Show was like the week before WrestleMania. I just barely missed it. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, there's Andy in the crowd. Nice. Look, this is Hector Garza, so we've got an all-luchador affair here. Nice. Nick Patrick, the former NWO referee. And they're already into the match. Who was part of that I think. infamously bad match at Starcade 97. Were they to stand there for five minutes? Well, it felt very quick getting into the match. They yeah. walked into so, the ring. Sometimes matches start they faster, started. sometimes they start slower. Sometimes it's like you got like 20 minutes between the wrestlers coming out and the match starting. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but I mean, yeah. you do want variety. You don't want every match to look the same. But this match feels like it's going quick. Well, it's the, Not that, a single that, second. That fast-paced Lucha Libre style, you would expect that from two of the grapplers from south of the border. Lot, lots of acrobatics, lots of flips and rolls, yeah. a lot of... I mean, some people would say it looks a little too phony. Some people really like it. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'd say it looked cooler than normal wrestling, or this wrestling. You might really enjoy some tapes from... I was going to say down under, that's Australia. The, the average <laughs> you see around Australian here. Australian wrestling. The fans are... Something's going on in the entranceway. What's oh, going yeah. On? This, this is the other moment that I wanted to make sure we saw, since you did want to see the limo flip. Uh-huh. Uh, the late Eddie Guerrero is coming out now, and... I did not realize this at the time. I mean, I guess I did, but it wasn't. It didn't click on me. This is, from what I can tell, this is the beginning of the Latino World Order. Interesting. Which you know, it was sort of just. I don't want to call it a joke because it wasn't necessarily played for comedy, but it wasn't treated as a big deal in WCW at the time. It was just Eddie Guerrero's heel group where he recruited uh, a bunch of the luchadors to, to join it, and, and he sort of tried to get Ray to join it. Maybe at times was almost forcing him to be a part of it. But it's kind of a big deal now because it's been brought back on WWE television now with, you know, uh, Ray and Selena Vega and the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paying tribute to Eddie and actually making it a bigger deal than WCW ever treated it as. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I remembered it going on on WCW television around this time. Because I remember watching it. But I did not realize that I was actually there for the birth of it. Nice. The main things I remember from the show is is the, the Goldberg fan in the crowd, uh, the segment with uh, Ric Flair and his son and Eric Bischoff, which we'll get to later, and this, the, the disappointing Sting Bret Hart match, which didn't even happen in the arena, all took place on a video cut? screen. I know what that haircut is, but I have to question it for a moment. It's it's very it's sort of mulletish. Yeah. He had a hardcore mullet when he came into WCW in like '95. There's some mullets I can get behind. There's some. No, thank you. It's a little longer in the back. It's even a little longer on the top and sides than your traditional mullet. Yeah. But he had a hardcore mullet when he came into WCW. Something that'd be hilarious is, if, is at the start of the show, if a match started, then the wrestlers, like, went backstage or whatever, and, and there's, like, completely disappeared. Then, like, they continue on the next match and stuff, but he continued to sing those wrestlers fight in the background throughout the whole show. I feel like I've seen something like that. That would be, be funny. Maybe not 
note for note that, but something close enough. It'd be funny if just every so often it, like, popped up on the video screens, but, like, one of the times that not wrestling the sitting there with the vending machine or something. You see that Ric Flair shirt in the crowd, lower right? Uh-huh. I had that shirt. I bought it at the Nitro in September 97. Nice. All right, let, let, let's cut to see what uh, those two what are doing now. Just cut to the front of the bathroom. Oh, we've had plenty of fights <laughs> in both the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> then they walk back out and they fine. If I'm married, it'd be funny. They're like lying in the grass looking up at the stars. Then they notice the camera's <laughs> on and they stop beating each other off. <laughs> uh. They are. They're trying to expand the audience. And there we go. There's the reveal that Eddie's got the LWO shirt. Seen regularly now on WWE television. Nice. Nice. Convincing nice. the other luchadors that they should band together and form their own power base. Try to break through the glass ceiling in WCW. So you have two NWOs and an LWO. Yep. And in ECW around the time, you had the BWO, the Blue World Order. <laughs> that was where Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards and Nova were sort of lampooning the NWO. That guy puts a shirt on over at least one shirt. That guy just puts a shirt on. Yep. You know, he took a shirt off. And Eddie spanked yeah. himself. Yeah. He was telling Eric Bischoff to kiss his ass. But without the sound, it just looks like he's spanking himself. Yeah. LW OnlyFans. <laughs> they should have gone ham with the NWO, have like 70 different NWOs. I mean, I feel Everyone like has their own NWO. No, it would have definitely reached overkill. It was, I'm pretty sure it was overkill with oh. this. And, and at the same time, the Ultimate Warrior has joined WCW for the first time to uh, reignite his feud with. The now heel Hollywood Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Ultimate Warrior has come up with the OWN, which oh, if you notice is the reverse of NWO. What that stand for? The One Warrior Nation. Ah, okay. And most had two members. It was him. It's like four different variations of the NWO. It was, it was him and the Disciple, the real life. Um, well, Brutus Beefcake isn't his real name. Uh, I can't think of his real name. Ed Leslie, Hulk Hogan, sometime best friend, sometime not. No, I feel like the Wolfpack or whatever should have had a slightly different logo other than just red. Yeah, but... Like, it's still just NWO. Pretty simple. Just turn it red and you sell a lot more t-shirts because people got to have the red version. I know somebody who has that shirt. Nice. Yeah, they wore it to wrestling with us in 2018. Nice. Nice. Yeah, your friend. You paid more attention than I did, apparently. Who who, who, who almost replaced Gaba on this episode. (laughs) So at this point, they've left Sting at the arena, and apparently they're going looking again for, for Kevin Nash's... How do you get full close to the fight? Former best friend, still friends in real life, but in storyline, former best friend Scott Hall. Let's go on my bucket lift. Get full, Your bucket lift? My bucket <laughs> lift. I'm going on a bucket lift with my forklift certification. <laughs> to get, hey, get full close to the fight. Nitro the There's day before your birthday. I was going to say that, but Gabba was talking too much, and you said it for me. <laughs> I didn't care about talking about Gabba. I used to really like that United States Championship belt that Brett has there. I, I actually like the one that WCW used right before that. Better is one of my all-time favorite belts, but when that belt was first uh, brought in at the beginning of 91, I really loved that belt. I used to think it was a great belt. Over the years, I got less interested in it, but now looking back, I really appreciate it. Nice. Not top five belts, but probably top ten belts. Better than <laughs> some of the belts. No, it's a good-looking belt. Talk and there's the Nitro belt. Girls. Okay. Now, okay, you could say this is ridiculous. Why do we need dancing girls at wrestling? But uh, two points. One, this is 1998. This is proto-internet. I'm sure some people got a lot of titillation from this, and I have no problem with that. But as a fan there live, 
this was actually a good thing because there are, you've been to wrestling and you've seen there are long periods where nothing's really going on in the ring because you're in a commercial break and there's no mm-hmm. match going on or they're they're doing an on-cam with the announcers that is not playing on the, on the screen. So there are times when there's nothing going on in the ring. And I've been there pre-Nitro Girls and I've been there with the Nitro Girls and I've been there since the Nitro Girls. But, and having something going on in the ring, even if it's just a dance routine, is a lot better than just sitting there watching nothing for yeah. three minutes or whatever. So they really did serve a valuable purpose for the live crowd, for the television oh, yeah. show. I mean, again, it's a little bit of TNA, which, you know, you're going to have in wrestling. My argument for them was going to be cheerleaders. They're like cheerleaders, yeah. I was going to say, other sports have cheerleaders. Well, just Bengals. But for but <laughs> for 60 years, wrestling didn't have cheerleaders. You're like, why do they need them now? But I, I'm saying... Because why not? If, as a member of the live audience, I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate they were, you know, attractive women who knew how to dance, Looks too. Like and there's nothing wrong with that. Looks like Powell's just villain. This, is another, this <laughs> yeah. is another luchador, one of the more famous ones, at least in the United States, Psychosis. Nice. I mean, looks pretty cool. Yeah. Had some legendary matches with Rey Mysterio, particularly in ECW. The famous looks bad. Especially, like, the diamonds that mm-hmm. come with my muffin. You like the horns? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the belt definitely looks like Power Rangers. Definitely. Somersaults. And just the Ranger. general shape of it kind of reminds me of the Green Ranger. Uh-huh. The horns don't really play Power Rangers, though. I mean, yeah. Power Rangers yeah. villain. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that that's kind of what led. And there's your cruiserweight champion, Billy just, Kidman. Just chilling. Nice. Tank top and jeans. Yeah. That sort of, he was part of Raven's group, the flock, who were supposed to be like sort of sleazy, dirty outcasts, almost like drug addict sort of vibe from the group. And so he would, he would have like just a dirty tank just... top and, and the dirty jeans with the greasy hair. And he looks He's a little cleaner here, but. Outfit. If he would have been one of the wings. He looks like he was just sitting he was like one of the wings outside of his yeah. outfit. Yeah. He like, looks I like got my outfit. He looks like he was just sitting at home. Then they call him like, boy, you're in the show tonight. And he's like, oh, man. No, believe oh, not, that, get, that was his ring gear. Guys, got to get that quick. I think eventually, toward, maybe toward the end of his WCW run or in his WWF run, he did switch to trunks. But for the majority of his, his time in WCW, at least, that was his look. Like I say... He started out looking even like grittier and greasier, and sometimes he'd have like a, just a dirty T-shirt or like the tank top would look a little dirtier, and, and the hair would really fall on his face. So he's, he's technically this is technically the cleaned up Kidman. This is when he's the babyface champion. Just very elaborate wing give versus as to the, the street urchin heel. Yeah, yeah. I've always preferred wrestlers who wear some sort of actual ring gear. Well, wrestling gear. I'm not a big fan of jeans. The, like, if you're going to have a... You know, a lot of times, especially when I first started watching wrestling, you'd have your, your tights, your trunks, what have you, your singlets. Mm-hmm. And then if you have, like, a street fight, then you'd come out in the jeans and the boots. And that made sense. But for your regular ring gear, I'm not a big fan of jeans. Are there women wrestlers who wear more casual outfits? Probably. Um, yeah, AJ Lee. Uh, she used to wear, like, just short jean shorts and a, and a sleeveless t-shirt. Nice. AJ Lee, uh, real life... What is her name? Gosh, I apologize. I can't remember. I think her last name is Menendez or Mendez. It could I be. Just, it could be just AJ. It could be her real initials. I'm sure she has an actual name, but she's the real life wife of CM Punk, whose real name is Phil Brooks. Interesting. Mm. Is that flames? Where? On the uh. Like yes, yeah, so those are flames on yeah. the on the ringside mats. Now imagine the nice. real flames. <laughs> that would. Uh, well, that you, would be you need the inferno match for that. That being like ECW, well, the Inferno match was in WWF. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the, the flames would be or like FMW in Japan, where they had the exploding ring 
death matches. I know ECW had a lot more extreme stuff. Yeah, they didn't do a lot with fire though. Surprising. Springboard fire wasn't drop. extreme enough. And it's like, <laughs> especially if you're gonna have fire, it's generally just a wrestler like using flash paper to throw fire, like Terry Funk bring out the chair and Mick lighting it with the or no. Mick didn't light it. Was it Raven who lit it? But whoever lit it with the brain. Terry Funk brought out... No, no, okay. Mick brought out the chair with the kerosene wrapped towel around it. Raven stole the branding iron from Terry Funk and lit the chair on fire. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then there was an incident where the towel came off the chair and fell on Terry Funk and got thrown in the crowd for a minute and the lights went out and fire extinguishers and it wasn't a great scene, but I, I don't think Ooh. anybody was battling injured. Oof. But, but my, point, my point being, if you're going to see fire, it's generally one of the wrestlers... What is that sign? Bringing it to use, as opposed to the actual organization supporting the fire, which it would be if the ring mats were just on fire. I would assume. I guess a wrestler could just come out and light the ring mats on fire. That was my ankle that popped there. My apologies. And that's my chair squeaking. <laughs> I feel like a hell in a cell, the whole cage should be on fire. That would probably be extremely hot. It would probably also be a fire think, hazard. Yeah. yeah I think that's probably why they typically avoid fire. Yeah, kind of dangerous in a close like space. fire at the top of the cage. I've heard just, kind of people. just just the instance where they have fire around the ring, like not issues like the ropes are on fire. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, it can be very difficult to breathe and very hot in there, so I can't imagine yeah. a, a 20-foot-high cage completely yeah. engulfed in flames. And like I say, it would be a definite fire hazard. Oh, look, I think I see me in the crowd. <laughs> Yeah, we were not on the lower bowl. We were in the upper deck, so... Yeah. It's possible in, in a panning crowd shot we could find us if we really went through frame by frame each time we saw a wide crowd shot. All right, let's go. But unlike the episode of SmackDown where I knew I could probably be on camera and I dressed to make sure I would be seen, I have no idea what I was wearing back then. I mean, probably something very similar to what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> it was October, so it was probably cold Style since I went outside. Probably had jeans on as opposed to shorts. Possibly had a jacket. Maybe. But this is the South, so yeah. it may not have been jacket weather. Yeah, I'm sure I had some. I'm sure I had some sort of headwear on, whether it be a bandana or a hat. I didn't often go with the bandana hat combo back then, so it was probably one of the. It was probably my Yankees you hat, to be honest with you. Stuff even in the nineties. Yes, like I said, I still dress like a teenager from the nineties. <laughs> Mikey, you I just didn't know when you, you when exactly started from the nineties. They were pure neon. That was the 80s. Like maybe the early 90s. Yeah, no, Pure I, I, Neon. No. But look, I've been dressing the same way for 30 years, Dylan. I found something I'm comfortable with and I'm not going to change. Neon was more 80s. I believe 90s was more influenced oh, no, by like was, grunge There was definitely stuff. Neon in the 90s. Don't, don't, definitely. don't get it twisted, but it's, there were just more variety of styles in the 90s than just Neon. I feel as though neon is also just a bit. It's more one of those things 80s. we talk about where. But is that like that overlap? It's more like you know, toward the end the of one end decade and the beginning yeah. of the next one tend to look more similar than like the middle of one decade and the end of that decade yeah. or the beginning of that decade. In that, like the early eighties look much more like the late seventies. Like the late eighties look like the early nineties. Right yeah, they, they they tend to be a bit loose with the out of the ring stuff, depending on what Definitely. the story of the match is. But you see little nature up there counting. <laughs> And they get back in the ring. Oh, he gets yelled at. I assume they yelled at. already. They gotta entertain the... Co- okay, that was a move. I would write a panel. Yeah, as you say, not so that was the smartest. I mean, it might be effective. Obviously not effective. It didn't look very effective. 
Well, obviously it wasn't, because that wasn't the finish. Exactly. That belt really is straight out of power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can't deny that. <clears throat> I have to look something up real quick. He's an evil Power Ranger. Like the, the villain in Dino Fury. Oh, he took the front turnbuckle like Brett. Most guys, when they get whipped in the turnbuckle, they're going to take it with their back. He went into a chest first, something Bret Hart was famous for. Interesting. Kidman's uh, spoiler is going to retain the Cruiserweight Championship here. I'm surprised the horns haven't been grabbed. I'm not sure if they could be grabbed. That might be bad form, to be honest with you. They might come off fairly easily. Yeah, I'm not sure. Plus, you don't want to grab his hair, unless you're trying to grab his hair, which does happen. I mean, the horns have survived a bunch of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is over by this point. But it still existed. It well, yeah, it existed. I'm just saying that it wasn't the current on it. It ended the Ooh. same year Bob lost it. Psychosis like almost kicked the rough. Do you know my moving powers is the only power Rangers season that actually go three seasons? Nice. Serious to go three seasons? Yeah. And then had my moving alien Rangers as a kind of continuation season. In a YouTube video I was watching recently, they were unboxing the mini brand. We always saw Power Rangers during wrestling, though. He looks like a Power Ranger! <laughs> I mean, yeah. And this is what the whole episode of Raw turned into. <laughs> but they, uh, they were unboxing the mini brands, and this was the toy series. And one of them is the blue Power Ranger from uh, Mighty Muffin. Nice. Billy. Yeah, Billy is the worst actor in the history. Do you know? I believe his act. I believe it's his actor is gay. Nice. Is that true? I don't know. I'll fact check that in a second. Matt is fruit is the sign you guys were trying to see earlier. Yeah, I have questions. Not not relating to me. (laughs) Somebody has a sign that says my sign is the best. Lol. And but, now you're um, both going to your phone. Because he's Googling what I said I was going to look up. Oh, you're Googling that? I what told you that. To look it up. Look up at oh, the bad. screen and let's watch the rustling. Watch Psychosis this, with this reverse chin lock on Billy Kidman. But, uh, but yeah, the video I was watching was making comments about thinking Billy was the best. But Billy's returning in the new one. Nice. You knew that! Look, he may be a nice guy in real life, but his acting is not good. Is the blue one. Billy was the blue one, yeah. Um, hold up, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Uh, not a lot of information on him, honestly. Like, seriously, not a lot. So I said spoilers, Kidman's gonna retain the title here. I know that because, like, 20 days after this WCW presented its annual Halloween Havoc pay-per-view and Kidman would defend the championship there. Against uh, Disco Inferno, I believe. Yeah, D- David Yost. Yeah. Is it Yost or Yost? Here. I don't know. You know, y'all get quiet, so I try to fill in some information relevant to what we're watching, and then all of a sudden y'all just talk over me like I just... You know, I'm just going to go back there and let y'all carry the show. How about that? So apparently no. on the set for the original Mind Muffin, there was a lot of homophobia that caused him to walk away. I'm very But sorry. now he's getting back into it. Is that why his acting was so bad? He was distracted by it? <laughs> Uh, the article like, I, I found. Don't, I don't have any issue with his sexuality, but his acting wasn't great. I'm sorry. It stands out. Yeah, and you'd think on a show like Power Rangers, it'd be hard to stand out for bad acting. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like even Dino Fury doesn't have that good of acting. Oh, no, to be fair, I have not like... watched that much Power Rangers. I mean, I thought... Well, I, I mean, to be fair, I did just point out the fact that you'd think it'd be hard to stand out for bad acting on Power <laughs> Rangers. I mean, like, the Red Ranger, I'm not sure if he's intentionally speaking that way because the character's an alien, or if it's just not that good. It's not just him, though. Yeah, all of them aren't great. Some of it's very questionable. But you know, the Green Ranger's gay, so. <laughs> I'm not sure the actors, but True. the characters. 
So we see more of that if it actually rocks the show. Yeah, yeah, we actually would. I don't know if we ever got to the... Did we make it to the We episode? made it to the episode where they got together, but you see uh, more of them later on. Very nice. Real quick, I was going to say about uh, the guy who played Billy, though. The article I found about him talking about it is from my birthday this year. No. But yeah. Yeah. He's, get, he's gotten more back into Power Rangers, especially with, like, the uh, special that came, up, that came up recently, like... Three of them returned. Yeah. I forget which ones. Some of them. Wasn't it like him, one of the red ones, and one of the pink ones? Mm, Something like that. Because there are multiple, like, red and pinks. Unfortunately, I knew that the guy who portrayed green has passed. Yes. I'm not sure. The original yellow, also. I'm not sure who else. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the match. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, on the match. Psychosis missed a, a, a top rope Hurricane Rana when Kidman held on, and Kidman hit him with the uh, Shooting Star Press. Yeah, Zach was in it too, wasn't he? The original nice. Black Ranger? What? Maybe? The Black Ranger, Zach? Did that name Zach? I don't know. That sign just went from gold to silver. Maddie hating that we're talking about Power Rangers. Yeah, you know, spoilers, we're not going to watch that episode of SmackDown that... We went to in, in 2005. You're the one who year. showed us the match without power <laughs> internet. Because I want to actually talk wrestling. I, you know, I, I'm fine answering questions. I'll give history. I'll let y'all know what was going on at the time. I'll talk about my experience as a <laughs> we fan. We needed the history of the Power Rangers. You know, I want you guys to react to what's going on, and y'all just want to talk it, about this. We, we could literally, we could literally just sit here and do a 50-minute show of like, well, what do y'all want to talk about, and just come up with random stuff, because that's all this is. I'm going to advertise this as like, uh, WW Monday likes the and people are like wow a wrestling podcast with no wrestling David Flair eldest son of Ric Flair nice in the crowd nice. David Flair would get into wrestling within the next year that's so. some 90s fashion wearing the Goldberg right shirt I kind of wanted that shirt but I didn't get it I thought about getting it at this at this show but I, I decided not to pick it up I'm sorry and there's Ultimate Warrior in his uh, duster phase I Ultimate Warrior not a good wrestler probably a worse wrestler than Billy as an actor he uh, was WWF champion, though. Is his actual wrestling bad? Or? Yes. How good is he as a character? Mm, well, his interviews are pretty nonsensical. So don't like him in general? No, I'm not a fan. Guys, I would just like to inform y'all uh, that the person who plays the Green Ranger in the current Power Rangers is only slightly older than the show we're currently watching. He left. <laughs> okay, now I can talk about who else is in... Power Rangers once in a while. You know, at least they connected it to wrestling, sort of. Yes, it was. I think. Yeah, Zach. Amazing. Also, isn't it? I, I don't know. But I just want to say the person who knows whatever's happening on screen is no longer in the room. Oh, now you want me out there? I never said I didn't want you out here! I mean, to be fair, it is just a nonsensical ultimate war. I mean, there's not much to talk about here. <laughs> this, I was, was going to point out that where he does, he did get a clean pinfall over Hulk Hogan during the height of Hulkamania at WrestleMania Six to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So, Alex, who's your favorite Ranger? Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> I like the Green Ranger. <laughs> no, I want no more Power Rangers talk. I want to talk about what's on the screen. What Ultimate Warrior is Power Ranger? They'd be in trouble. <laughs> what is Soupy like? like he'd, he'd probably have like a song and a mask we could show off that. He'd have a big, he'd have a big steroid cultivated body of his. Kind of like the 
I think Zio had a bunch of different shapes in the on the mask. Well, I think the red one actually had a star. Well, I guess he didn't have a star. It's like a falcon or whatever. Mm. Warriors return to wrestling here in 1998. It just did not work. Um, and I think, I mean, part of the reason is he was never a great worker. He was never a great promo. He did have a certain charisma that got him over with fans. But this is, again, eight years after the peak of his run. Mm-hmm. Was well, he's alone in a dark room? But I, but I but I think I think he was too much of a cartoon character to really fit in. They were going for a more realistic approach. Like I mean, you see a guy like Kidman there, just in his street clothes, basically, doing, and they're trying to go a little edgier and more adult with with the presentation. So I just I don't think the cartoony Ultimate Warrior was going to work in 1998. I mean, it doesn't help that like the match he and Hogan had was just atrocious. It looks like these had left him in this room alone for and three they did, days. And they did this ridiculous promotion of it where, like, the word would appear in, like, Hogan's dressing room mirror. Just nonsense like that. Which, you know, they're hardly alone in doing nonsense like that. I'm sure you see shit like that on WWE television all the time now. But, yeah, the word experiment just did not go well. I mean, a lot Wrestling people, can get really dumb. A lot of people say Hogan just wanted him to come back so he could get his win back against him. And now we've got one of the classic black and white NWO style promos featuring Scott Steiner. Interesting. I, that camera is shaky. Yes. His nephew Braun Breaker is a big star in um, NXT now. Just had a little interaction with the Undertaker a couple weeks ago. Very nice. At this point, Scott's feuding with his brother Rick. Uh, in the early nineties, Rick and Scott, the Santa Rosa, they were my favorite tag. Team. I hate this editing of this. But it's nineties. The random images and the constant cuts and shaky camera. It's so nice. The random images are fairly unique to this particular segment but the black and white and the quick cuts and the scratchy the film grain everything that was very uh, specific very much the trademark of the NWO promos and at the time they did stand out for that and they looked different and they felt different and they felt edgy and they felt cool with the quick cuts and the sound bites uh-huh. they were very different than the normal long winded wrestling promos you were used to so they were very effective you know two years before this when they were originated you know, by this point, they may have felt a little more old hat, and like this one seems to be a little different with some of the the imagery spliced in. But I don't think it's a bad way to go. Like I say, it's different. You know, you want something to differentiate your promos from yeah other now, segments. Nowadays, it's a feels like they're trying hard too hard to be cool. Nowadays or in this clip? nowadays, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I think nowadays they're just trying too hard to all be the same. It's also scripted. So if somebody and it's did all something similar to this nowadays, so canned. I just assume that they're trying to fit into the Y2K stuff. Like, look at our shaky camera. Yeah. We've seen some clips of Rick and Scott the Steiner Brothers in their early 90s heyday. It's not Vibe. entirely black and white. <laughs> black and white, except for the big blue jumpsuit. That, that was another scene or something where you could kind yeah, well, of see I the mean, color of the clothes. His, his interview is all black and white. Yeah. When they're showing some of the clips, they are having some splashes of color yeah. in there. Which, I mean, that that's you see that in a lot of photography nowadays. That's like a, a standard. Like, oh, it's all black and white, but the red, you know? Yeah. Yeah, someone was drinking Pepsi. See, they were... Nice. Either, well, they were drinking something out of a Pepsi cup. It wasn't necessarily Pepsi. Yeah. Could have been Pepsi product. And there's uh, the professor, Mike Tanay, who's following the Humvee limo through the streets of Columbia, South Carolina. Why the pack not have a K at the end of it? Character what? limit. To be it, cool. And Wait, Wolfpack doesn't have a K at the end? Uh, yeah. They, was it Wolf Pac Man? It's the 90s. Be okay. glad it's not like W O L P H. Okay, now I really want to see Pac Man as a wolf is. <laughs> wolf Pack. 
Waka 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 woo. <laughs> yeah. I have so many questions. Columbia, South Carolina is wolf pack territory. That sign said so. Mm-hmm. Is he on Good the top hat? Yes. He is. And oh, yep. That 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 is. If y'all recognize that's Marcus Buff Bagwell, the individual we saw get uh-huh. injured on the Thunder that we watched from earlier this that year. Face when on a top Rick Steiner Bulldog or? went awry. He's uh, yes. back in action now. Thankfully, Why? with no ill effects from the neck injury. Why is he wearing ovals, a top hat, and there's a face on top of his top hat? I think it's his face on his top hat, is it not? Why is his face on his top hat? Why not? Yeah, that's his face. <laughs> Airbrush on his... See? There you go. <laughs> that's an odd outfit. I actually liked Marcus when he was the white meat baby face back in, like, 1991. I wasn't a big fan of the buff character. Plus, he stole his finishing move from me. So, so we have the goofy guy and the serious guy? If you say that's so. what it looks like. That's what that's what I see here. At some point in in the in the weeks following this, Bagwell would actually turn on Scott and join Rick to face Scott in, I believe, the big well, not the big show. He was just the giant back then for the WWE tag team titles. But then Buff would turn on Rick during the match and leave him alone. But Rick would somehow pull out a victory, win the tag team titles by himself, then get a match with his brother, that was part of the stipulation of the match, during which Bagwell would come out of the crowd in a Bill Clinton mask to attack Rick, but he would still win the match. And a Bill Clinton mask? Bill Clinton was president back then. I know, boy, in a mask. <laughs> I don't know, because he thought it was funny, I guess. A lot of people don't wear masks of the president. I don't know, it sounds like something that's something uh, In the do. Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze movie, Point Break, the bank robbers were like, Masks at the present. They have like Richard Nixon and Jimmy Carter masks. Neat. Anyway. I haven't seen many Keanu Reeves movies. Have I? I said I haven't. Oh, yeah, I haven't have seen you? that one even. I always wanted to, but I just never I've seen it. How many have you it. seen? This I've the Keanu Reeves cast I've seen, now. I've seen the three Bill and Ted's and the yeah, three Bill and like, Ted movies. I've seen like the Bill and Ted and that's I've it. I've seen Speed, which is fucking excellent and we're going to watch on the podcast next year. The Lake House, which is one of my, you know, low-key guilty pleasure favorite movies. I don't believe in the Matrix movies, but okay. Well, I I just think a lot of people... I'm not necessarily saying it's a great movie, and I'm sure a lot of people think it's a terrible movie, but I really enjoy it. So I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. But I'm with you, too. I I said that at at the... uh, When I I was trying to get into film school here, that was one of the things people went around the room and said, well, what's your guilty pleasure? And I was like, well, if I like it, I like it, you know. But my favorite movie is Mallrats, so take that for what it is, because... A lot of people think that's a bad movie. And there's the other Steiner brother, the father of Braun Breaker, the alleged transphobe Rick Steiner. Transphobe? Smite him. I think we told that story. He had some incident at a convention around WrestleMania weekend. I don't know all the details, so I don't want to spread them here because I don't want to get something wrong. Reasonable. Um, all I can say is that, you know, back in the 90s, I was a big Steiner Brothers fan. And I enjoyed their match at Halloween Havoc that, that came up a few weeks after this. Halloween Havoc, the pay-per-view infamous for running over its time, causing about a quarter of the country not to see the main event. That kind of sucks. Oh, yeah, my cable what system. Hmm? What quarter? Uh, whatever cable companies <laughs> didn't have something backed up. It may have been even more than that, but... Like, my cable system showed the replay of the pay-per-view immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this is the point at which they started offering it. It used to be you had to pay for the replay. You'd uh-huh. go to the main show, and if you wanted the replay, you pay for the replay. For people who wanted to watch it, who couldn't see the main one live or whatever, you know. Um, at some point, my cable system started showing the replay for free automatically if you bought the main show. And I think Halloween Havoc was the impetus for that. Oh, but, but whatever the case, we they just continued the feed. So we got to see the whole show. And then the replay started... 
they either just it had to have either been before that or we just happened to get it that night mm-hmm. because of the overrun because I I saw the rest of the replay because it, it cut off you know 40 minutes early because obviously it started late and the whole show ran late yeah but that was a big deal and they ended up re-showing the main event the night before that is uh, Buff Bagwell's mother Judy Bagwell who was temporarily tag team champion with Rick Steiner as you go who also participated in a Judy Bagwell on a pole match at one Pardon? point yeah, that was the Vince Russo era of WCW. We don't we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Pardon? He said what? we don't talk about that, and I'm I'm gonna I'm going to support that decision. Yeah, I need to see the Matrix movies sometime. Yeah, me I too. I used to have them on DVD, but I, I sold them before we could watch them. I keep on hearing things about them, but I've never seen them. Yeah. I've heard the first one's really good, and the sequels aren't. I need to watch. I've heard the they rest made of by the two fan sisters. Movies. By the time they were just two brothers. Yes. Which but now they're transistors. Transistors? Yeah. They go on radios and televisions? <laughs> uh, at least according to one of them, the Matrix is a trans allegory. Nice. I, I can't tell you which one. I don't even know the names. <laughs> I don't... I don't even remember their names pre-transition. I think and, I think one of them was Andy. Andy Wachowski. That sounds right. I have no clue. I would have known it at one time, but at this point, I don't recall. You don't need to look it up. Just let it hang. Too late. Look Google's it up. Open. Know it, they know it. If they don't, they don't. Let them look it up. Look up the corner. Let's talk about Judy Bagwell chastising her son in mid-ring. Well, technically, she's on the apron, but still, he's in the middle of the which ring. Close son, enough. Which one is? The current names are Lana and Lily. All right. The, the guy with his face painted on his top hat. That's probably what she's chastising him about. <laughs> probably. You paid good money for airbrushing of your face on your hat? Why are you wearing the top hat and oval? I mean, I feel like that's something you would wear. You love top hats. I don't like ovals. Fair enough. You I've, like I've had plenty of pairs of ovals. I was going to ask if anybody currently has a pair of ovals that I could borrow. Um, I do no. have some down in the basement, but the, one of the straps, one of the, the clasps for the straps is broken. Damn it, that's the exact reason why I don't have ovals anymore. Yeah. Man, she's totally suplex them. That'd be fine. I've had at least four pairs of overalls. Overalls were the shit in the 90s. Yeah. Wearing, I, uh, especially wearing them with like one strap off. See, I don't know how many times oh, oh, oh. I've had. Oh, she's in the wink. Yes, yes, she is. Lay the smack down on them. Mama Rock. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I recognize is. that shirt. She laid the smack down on them. Remember it. No, Scotty's got the nerve to put his hands up. This might actually be the impetus for the split between Buff and, and or the temporary split, because like I say, he's going to end up turning back on Rick at the pay-per-view. And if you notice, Rick has two different colored boots on. That was one of his gimmicks from uh, days gone by. Throughout most right. of his wrestling career, he would wear different colored boots, sort of playing the lovable doofus. Are there any three Matrix movies? Or? There's a, I think there's a fourth one now. Didn't they make another one? Well, I have no idea. There was either talk of a fourth one coming up. I know there's also time to make a fourth Animatrix. one. They may have made a fourth one. Are the Animatrix canon? I would not know, Dylan. Meanwhile, while Buff's mom was leading him out by the ear, Scott and fellow NWO member uh, Brian Adams, who wrestled his crush in the WWF, and I believe is no longer with us, uh, were beating up Rick. Smite him. Look, I don't know. I was not there. I've heard bits and pieces of it. 
Oh, and now we're back in the ring. So I guess Brian Adamson and Rick were having a match. Oh. And Brian Adams was wrestling in jeans and like motorcycle boots. Okay. Cocks? <laughs> yeah. Gamecocks. Yeah, I, I get it, but it is funny. <laughs> it's a design that's just cocks, okay? Yeah. Well, you can get away with it here because the team is yeah. This is the University of South Carolina's basketball arena. And their, <laughs> their mascot is the Gamecocks. So their nickname <laughs> is the Gamecocks. You know AKA that guy Cox. was saying there's long that sign. Like, yeah. finally, I can get away with this. I can just have cocks, the sign. If you notice when they did the... Uh, well, no, y'all didn't notice because that wasn't on this part. It was on the part we skipped. But there was... Um, they, they had a, a couple of segments. That's uh, J.J. Dillon throwing Scott Steiner out of ringside. J.J. Dillon, uh, a former wrestler and manager. He was manager of the Four Horsemen during the glory days. Worked behind the scenes. <laughs> in creative at WCW and the WWF. And now he's back in WCW, at least in an on-camera role as, like, the commissioner. Uh, I don't know what his official title was. He's sort of the, the guy in charge. After, after we had Eric Bischoff playing the heel leader... Uh-huh. Who was a member of the NWO, but also the vice president of WCW, and, and now JJ has sort of taken his place on camera as the, the corporate leader of WCW. I'm sorry, what did I interrupt now? We were laughing at the cop guy. Yeah, it's pointing. Yeah, his face. Mm-hmm. If you notice, Rick's also, well, he's not wearing overalls, he's wearing a singlet. It's but they, too look, cold they look similar to overalls. I really like whoa, whoa, whoa! I spent like two minutes talking about that just a minute ago. I missed that. Talking about what? About Rick's different colored boots. I yeah. missed that. You heard it right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm For sorry. For fuck's sake. I. I'm sorry. I feel like I was talking about something, but I don't even know. No. I know I talked about JJ Dillon, but I feel like JJ Dillon interrupted some other thoughts. Oh, they, they had some, some segments where Mike Tanay was talking to fans outside of the Carolina Coliseum earlier in the day. And you can tell it was earlier in the day because it was daytime. Uh-huh. But somebody had a, a baseball cap that had cocks on it. So it was obviously a game cocks hat, but uh-huh. yeah, just like... <laughs> Funny story about that. Uh, I, I went to a vacation Bible school with my friend one time. Uh-huh. It was just to go do something fun with your friend. Yeah. You know? And we yeah, did, like, yeah. arts and crafts, and we had, like, these plastic visors. We, we got to, like, paint on them. Uh-huh. And I painted like a gamecock head. And if you ever seen like a, a gamecock, like especially the, the artsy logo of the University of South Carolina, he's he's got like a roughly neck and an ex- he's got like a roughly almost like a mane, but I mean like an extended neck. Uh huh. You know, so it's not like just a normal chick. He's got that long neck. So I drew my interpretation of that and I wrote, "I heart cocks" on it. <laughs> and I brought it home and gave it to my dad. I'm sure <laughs> it was his favorite possession. Well, no. He took, he took, like, some paint and added game over the cocks. And he was like, no, I really liked it. I just wanted to improve it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I felt bad about it. I understand now, but at the time, I felt bad. Like, I thought it was good the way it was. <laughs> so I want cocks. We don't need anything more. It's just cocks, man. I even drew a cock on it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> Something's happening on TV. Yeah, uh, Brian Adams is like pinching Rick Steiner's titty. That's <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> Great follow up. <laughs> Smite him. Hmm. Yeah. Ow. That hurt. I know your friends talked to you about Crush recently. He was watching, like, back when Crush was having the uh, 
We, well, he was watching 90... He's up to 93 or 94. I know you... Uh, 94 see. currently. The 90, March of 94. Yeah, so that's the time when Crush would have been having the feud with Macho Man that led to the not-so-great Falls Count Anywhere match at WrestleMania 10. I'm sorry. But if your friend ever talks to you about Crush again, that's him. Mm, not nice. Rick. <laughs> yeah, the other the, 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 the other guy. Yeah. The guy with the long Ryan hat. Ryan Adams. Not the singer. <laughs> yeah. They're walking their way to WrestleMania 10. I did not see WrestleMania 10 live. Well, I, not in person. I mean, I didn't even order the pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I didn't see it in person. It was at Madison Square Garden in New York. I mean, that's that's only, what, an Ooh. eight, nine-hour drive? Nearly dropped him on his head. New York City? I don't know. Jersey's a good eight hours, and that's southern Jersey. I thought Jersey was only seven. At least with you driving. Yeah, it depends. Depends on how traffic is. True. I feel like we normally, I feel we like, normally do travel at night. I feel like it's so. seven to eight hours to the South Traffic's Jersey, not then, as bad as And then New York's going to be another couple hours at least. And then, of course, you're going to deal with traffic getting into the city and then traffic in the city. Uh, I almost calculated it from our current location. That wouldn't entirely help. I mean, it would, but it wouldn't. Yeah, add four hours onto it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, as of, at this yeah, moment... Yeah, New Jersey would have been more like 10 to 12 hours from where I used to live. Yeah. At this moment, from our current oh, location... Rick's going to go for the top rope bulldog and nearly broke Buff Bagwell's neck. Hopefully this one comes off a little better. Seems like it did. Yeah. He would do um, that move with, with the, his opponent sitting on Scott's shoulders often when they were a team. Interesting. Madison Square Garden specifically is about nine hours. From here? Yeah. So you're looking at about 13 hours from... Minimum, yeah. Because technically that does also depend on exactly how you go. And I that Rick is wearing the t-shirt under the singlet. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't feeling himself then. Maybe not. Because it's just a WCW nicer t-shirt. It's not like he's even trying to sell a Steiner t-shirt or anything. And of course, uh-huh. Rick's wearing the amateur wrestling headgear, which I'm sure we pointed out before. Yeah, see, I could be up there somewhere. If we pause, we might see me. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I still think I'm to the right, of the, uh, basically forward and to the right of the camera there. Yeah, uh, looking it up from Sumter, South Carolina, it's an almost 11, uh, an average 11-hour drive. It must be going a different way. Oh, and you said nine hours from where we are now? About, yeah. Because we're like four hours from Sumter. We're like three hours from Sumter. Mm. But even still, nine plus three would be 12. So it still doesn't check out. Yeah. I believe the power is going off because I believe we might be at the top of the hour. Uh-huh. Uh, could be going into the nine o'clock hour here or the ten o'clock hour. This is one of the shows that did that thing. Yeah. And now Mike's following Kevin and Conan into a, a local drinking establishment on the lookout for Scott Hall, which I just want to say, I, I, I think it was a mistake to split up the Outsiders, which is what Hall and Nash refer to themselves as when they kicked off the what would become the NWO. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really enjoy the match they would have at Halloween Havoc a couple weeks after this. Mikey, will you stop? I'm trying to wax about 1998 wrestling. This looks more like a restaurant almost, the way they're coming down the aisle. This doesn't really look like a bar. I didn't see it. Did y'all see the name on the outside? This is more like a restaurant. There might be a bar Not in it. exactly. Yeah, well, I, might, I, might, I might actually know where this place is. I should have paid more attention. Any place with a, we need some place with some pool tables. I'm going to scout for some places with <laughs> pool tables. 
But oh, God, no, the, the match Kevin and Scott had at um, Halloween Havoc, I thought was a really good match. It, it was very simple. They didn't do a lot of big moves, but they told a really great story, and everything they did was believable and made sense within the stories. I, I highly recommend that match. I think I think it's an underrated match. Uh, at the same time, though, I don't even know if Scott Hall should have been on TV at this time. He was dealing with a lot of personal issues. I think his marriage was in trouble. He was having trouble with uh, drugs and or alcohol. And I, I just don't think he probably should have been performing at this point. I don't necessarily think it, it was good for him. Now, I didn't necessarily know that at the time, but we would come to find out that he was dealing with all that stuff. And they would even turn it into a storyline uh, later on in WCW, and I just I don't think they did him any favors doing all that. You just reminded me of a sad story I read the other day. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry. It had to do with an actor on a show. Want to hear a sad story, Dylan? Oh, I just saw Clemson Tiger Paul. Screw that person. <laughs> Wrong place to be holding that up! And there's Eric Bischoff, the legitimate president of WCW, on screen, leader of the NWO, along with this man, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I didn't think we've talked about him before. I mean, legitimately one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling, meant a lot to the WWF and its national expansion, meant a lot to WCW in the mid-90s. His heel turn was a big part of of the wrestling boom in the mid-90s. At this point, clearly past his prime. I don't know. I, I've never been a big Hogan fan. I do see that it has value, and, and he definitely has charisma, and he and he can work a good match, mm-hmm. especially with the right opponent. But by this point, he, he he was you know not great in the ring. Even his interviews were stale. Facial is an interesting choice. Well, that's yeah, but that's also sort of a tribute to Billy Graham, from whom Hogan took a lot of his style and a lot of his shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Billy Graham. Later in his career, would come back with that look. Scott Steiner also aped it with the bleached blonde mustache and the dark beard. Um, you see, Eric was kind of giving some shit to uh, David Flair at ringside there. Um, we should probably touch on this, too, especially before we get to their statement, because this is going to be the Hollywood segment where he gets to talk about Ultimate Warrior and that feud. So he got some I big like arms. Just short. Okay. Cool looking short. I suppose, if you took the Hogan part off. <laughs> um. Hogan probably came out there to boot the child like the by, 90s. by Jimi Hendrix. Great song, but I, I wish somebody had it besides Hogan. Anyway, uh, Bischoff was John with Flair's son, and, and the reason being is in spring of 1998, right around the time of that Thunder that we watched earlier this year, yeah. uh, Ric Flair missed an episode of Thunder. Not that one, I don't think. I think it was one in Minnesota, but right around that time. And he's always maintained that he had permission to miss it to go see his, his youngest son, uh, Reed, perform at an amateur wrestling tournament. But for whatever reason, when the time the show came around, Bischoff decided he had to have Flair there. And when Flair chose not to come to the show, Bischoff essentially fired him and then waged a really nasty public relations campaign against him. Uh, we even talked about when we watched the episode of Monday Night Raw, where WF finally broke the 83-week winning streak of Nitro. They were promoting a pay-per-view coming up in Greensboro. And that was the pay-per-view where Ric Flair was supposedly circling around the arena in a limousine while lawyers decided whether or not he could appear in the crowd there. Mm-hmm. With the idea being that Jim Ross would uh, tell the fans, hey, we're going we're gonna to interview a great wrestling champion and go over to the crowd and it's going to be Rick sitting with his son Reed. But instead of talking to Rick, they would talk to Reed, who had meddled at the amateur wrestling tournament. Uh, but apparently lawyers decided that wouldn't be a good idea with Flair's contractual situation with WCW, so it never happened. Interesting. And by this point... How does he look more tan now that he's in the ring? Lighting, I guess. He, he also look looks very tan. like somebody just cov- covered him in oil. 
But anyway, like back, since he looks like he took a bath and baked beans. I'm sauce. sorry, I was distracted by I, Hogan no, no. Shine. I appreciate that you're talking about the show, but I was literally in the middle of explaining something that's relevant to the show. Hey, I had that Hard Rock Cafe T-shirt. Not maybe that's the, cafe, the T-shirt that I. I had a very similar. Yeah, I think it might still be in the house somewhere. That's amazing. Anyway, that's not me though. I was much further up in the crowd, and I was probably not wearing a Hard Rock T-shirt. I literally don't know which I wore to this show. I, I really don't. I can't even begin to place it. I thought you said you uh, suggested what you may have been wearing. Or was that the other show? No, I said I might be wearing... I was probably wearing jeans and a t-shirt and some kind of headwear. I no, saw you described a white shirt for something. That was at the SmackDown. That's why I asked, was road. that the other show? Yes, man, y'all just don't listen to me. I do anyway, listen. Rick it's a memory Flair, problem. Bischoff situation, 1998. In September of 1998, Ric Flair returned to the company. A very big, memorable episode of Nitro from Greenville, South Carolina. And he and Eric Bischoff are now in a feud that would culminate in a match at Starcade, which Bischoff would actually go over in. And uh, Flair would get the win back on Nitro a couple weeks later and win the presidency of WCW and then eventually end up turning heel and double turn with Hogan and end up in a mentalist hospital on camera where he'd see Scott Hall for a minute. And it was getting ridiculous by then. But the point being, Flair had a dispute with the company, got fired, came back, and that's where we are now. He and Bischoff in a feud, and that's going to be relevant to one of the few segments from this show that I actually remember. Nice. Anyway, Hogan's running on about something now. I'm sure he's talking about the Warrior. You know, Dylan, you asked me one time what the worst match I've ever seen was, and I really didn't have an answer for you because, like I say, even the worst matches I tend to find something to enjoy about. I'm sort of mm-hmm. like you with video games. And not only that, but I don't tend to harp on the worst matches, you know, unless it's a match that I was really looking forward to and was really disappointed in it for some reason. But that doesn't necessarily make the match itself bad. Uh, but that being said, the Hogan-Warrior match at Halloween Havoc, the pay-per-view that would come up after this, I never had a problem with it because I never expected much out of it, and I and, and I and I could find some perverse enjoyment in what it is. But that's considered one of the worst matches of, of modern wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to see a bad match, you might want to check that one out. Actually, every time I look at him, he looks more tan. <laughs> yeah, he's magically tanning. His fingers are not tan. Yeah. He he is dark there, and it's, it's not even like the traditional orange spray tan either. Like I said, it looks like he's a took a bath and baked bean sauce. He looks like a walking, talking baked bean. I, I don't know if he's made it that tan yet. Is it? But I, am, I am confused as how he just gets Tanner. Like Danny Tanner? Yep. He, Full he, House. he just understands him. Like, that is too much tan. They're, they're the best of friends, don't you know? So, you know that tan thing from Spongebob? That's at the too much tan level. <laughs> I don't remember any tan thing from SpongeBob. You know, the episode like, of SpongeBob kind of gets tan. It. No, sorry. Does he get like dried out? No, that would have been like when he didn't have water and sanity. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I have vague memory of it. Eric Bischoff almost with the Canadian tuxedo, but it's black denim instead of traditional blue denim. Interesting. Uh, the denim episode was is popular from, in the 90s, from season six. What? I said denim is very popular in the I think 90s, denim's been popular it? since it was... I was going to say, denim is, like, popular and a staple, but I I mean, like, the 90s was when it was, like, really... I don't like, think really, ever gone really, out of style. When was it that Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were all the, the denim? Was that, was that late like 90s or early denim. 2000s? Yeah, no, but that was like iconic. That. I know it was that period of time, but which which decade was it actually? I don't know, Alex. I didn't follow their 
sartorial choices. I, I barely paid attention to their music. I don't, we just I spit don't on the camera. That's why you see the glistening. That, that sounds like Hogan. Bloggles there. And here we're getting, I, I guess, a little recap of the the new Four Horsemen. When when Flair came back, he reformed the Four Horsemen with uh, Mongo McMichael, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and with Arn Anderson serving in sort of the J.J. Dillon role as, as the uh, the manager, because Arn had, had retired from wrestling a year before. As a matter of fact, Arn Anderson in his legendary retirement speech was at the very first Nitro I attended in 1997. So I got to see Arn's legendary retirement speech. We probably should have watched that show last year, but it, it, I wasn't even thinking about it. We got a couple spots to fill this year. We could maybe throw it in. But then again, I don't really want to talk about Power Rangers for two hours. So probably. <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about Power Rangers. Want to talk about the Zordon Hour? Nope. <laughs> that ended with uh, the end was Lost Galaxy, I think. I have no hey, idea. It's the Nitro Girls. Oh, but now they're over there. We have to make sure they're on they're each other. Uh, one of these might be Shawn Michaels' wife. Nice. Cool. She married a Nitro Girl, but I don't know if she was part of the squad at this point or not. <laughs> Is it the same squad every time? Well, I mean, some different dancers came in as it went along, so there was some some turnover. And some new additions. Um, if it, if it is one of these, it's it's the girl in the back corner. But I don't I don't think she's one of those. At least the group that was dancing there, she could have been with them earlier when they were in the ring. If maybe the whole group's not out now. But like I know the blonde in the front wasn't her. I know Kimberly Page wasn't her. I know the Asian lady wasn't her. So I don't think any of those are the future or I guess current Mrs. Shawn Michaels. I guess her name would be Rebecca Hickenbottom. That's Shawn Michaels' real last name, by the way, is Hickenbottom. His name is Michael Shawn Hickenbottom. Okay. And this is uh, Chris Canyon. He's wrong, too. Yeah, he's deceased. I apologize. Do you, do you all recall the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode we watched about him? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, unfortunately, I believe he took his own life. I'm sorry. I think it said he had trouble coping with being a gay man in professional wrestling and maybe not being as successful as he should have been because he wasn't very talented. He was a very talented performer. I always liked Canyon a lot. It's a it's it's a sad story. And the gentleman with him there was a uh, Scott Levy, aka Raven. We talked about him earlier when he used to have the flock. And there's DDP who would challenge Goldberg for the World Heavyweight Championship a couple weeks after this at Halloween Havoc in a very good match. The main event we talked about that got cut off for at least a portion of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon would actually be part of a heel faction about six months after this. The, the, the triad, along with Bam Bam Bigelow, Mr. Flame Tattoos. Nice. On the head with the... Gear who flames and not <laughs> we, we don't talk about the flames on his gear, damn it. When we watched the King of the Ring matches from 1993 earlier this year. That, that, still, that still bugs me. It just occasionally pops into my mind and I'm like, damn, why didn't they match up? There are more flames in the ring. Oh. You and flames in the ring. No, everyone knows if something has flames on it, it goes faster. That's a fact. So, so the floor down there can go faster. Because it's got flames on it. I was a pretty big fan of Diamond Dallas Page at this point, too. He was probably one of my favorite wrestlers. 
Both these guys are good in the ring, too. So if they give them enough time, this could be a really good match. Five seconds. Take a Well, I mean, it's a TV match on Nitro. You're not necessarily going to go super long. It's wow, he's just going halfway across the ring. And it may well lead into an angle to set something else up for somebody. So I'm not necessarily expecting it to be a you know 15-minute classic. Yeah. But I'm just saying these two could put on a very good match in the right circumstances. They're, they're, they're both capable of it. I didn't like Dallas's tights at this time. Um, when he first really started getting over, after he uh, spurned the NWO at the end of 96, beginning of 97, and really became uh, you know, one of the rivals to that group, and mm-hmm. he had the big feud with Randy Savage in 97 that really put him over as a main eventer. Uh, for a long time during that, he wore uh, tights that, I don't know, they were shiny but not sparkly, almost sort of like a, 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 a pleather quality or you know that, that sort of vinyl mm-hmm. clothing that uh, kind of looks plastic. I'm not doing it justice. I yeah. liked, he had really nice ring gear. But then at some point, he started wearing jeans to wrestle in it, and I, I've already said I didn't really like that. And then he switched to these sort of odd tights that almost do look sparkly. Who was that? Interesting. That is uh, Lodi. He was a member of Raven's Flock. He would hold the signs. <laughs> Not really sure what his role with the company was right now since the flock is pretty much disbanded. Interesting. At one point, he and Lenny Lane were tagged up as, a, I think, an ambiguously gay duo. Are those goggles? Okay. Yeah. Goggles were big in the 90s. I had some. Interesting. I like the kind of steampunk style goggles. I think I wore them to my great-grandmother's funeral. <laughs> Definitely warm on the way up there. I, 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 don't, I might have taken them off for the actual funeral. We're not sure. You that morning, once I went for the funeral, pulls out goggles. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you wear them up on your head like a headband. You don't actually uh-huh. put them over your eyes. That'd be silly. <laughs> Honestly, true, though. Goggles on the forehead, way better than goggles on the eyes. Yeah, and cocked to the side a little bit, too. Not You don't want them straight on. <laughs> I actually have a character that I designed with, like, goggles on the head, but that's more, like, steampunk style. Nice. I remember, you, did you, uh, did y'all, do y'all remember watching Becky Lynch much when she first came to WWE out of NXT? She had that steampunk style. She wore the goggles I said, the don't ring. I don't know. She's obviously abandoned it now, but yeah, that was her early look. Yeah, I don't remember that. The steampunk style. Yeah, you probably don't even remember the wrestling we've watched earlier this year on the podcast, to be fair. That's untrue. I remember that guy that Eddie's almost broke his neck. Did he break his neck? (laughs) He injured his neck. I don't think it was an actual break. Didn't we also literally just mention that earlier? You did, but I remember it. Do you remember who it was? Oh, it was that guy who was in the show earlier. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) The one with the top hat? It was. But I feel like you didn't actually know that. Because you, you were reaching for that, like, oh, is it the top hat? Okay, the people are just too neatly organized right there. They're in seats. What yeah, no, no, I get that. But they're still, no, if you look, like, low, okay, they're organized, they're in seats. But there's still, like, a break in pattern. It still looks natural. But then just, like, a couple rows back, it's a lot... I don't know. There's, like, this really neat pattern no, going on for some seats. reason. Well, <laughs> Not like the way that shirts are sitting and everything. It's just... It's very neatly spread off. What the fuck are you talking about? 
I mean, they're rigid chairs built into the arena. You can't really move them around. No, but, like, people's shoulders and everything, like, creates less of a pattern. I mean, you can move them so around. So it looks natural. Enough. You can move them around. If you well, I mean, they're enough. bolted down. Just whip them out of the bolts. Move it two inches to the left. But Sit for some reason, there's, like, over. a really neatly squared off, like, there's a pattern here going on, and it doesn't look natural. You don't look natural. Go back, Nod. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean, so... Natural's a myth. Okay. Both men down on the what's, canvas now. What's going on? Is he counting? Yeah, yeah, because they're both down. The referee's going to count. If he gets to ten, it's a draw. Even oh. if they're just down? I've never seen a ref count for just yeah, one being both down. wrestlers are down, they and the referee initiates Who's a ten that? count. Interesting. Speaking of drawing, I've been reading the... Uh, I have... This fantastic book, this collection of Wrestling Observer newsletters from 1989. It's out in the drawing in the place. Yeah, it, it's, te- it's technically just the first half of the year, too. There's mm-hmm. another book that has the second half of the year. I started to flip through it. But um, anytime they have the match results printed in there, yeah. like the house shows, and they talk about when two wrestlers went to a draw, mm-hmm. um, they'll type either, like if it was if it was Page and Canyon, they'd either type Dallas Page drew with Chris Canyon or Dallas Page drew Chris Canyon. So every time I read that, I picture like Dallas Page drew a picture of Chris Canyon here instead of having a match. Or the two of them are in the ring together drawing pictures. <laughs> Beautiful. I imagine if Bob Ross wrestled. I, he was too chill for that. Yeah. Honestly. You gotta be intense to be a wrestler. You know, I'm going to say I, I didn't know a whole lot about Bob Ross. You don't necessarily have to but you got to be someone in But when looking but, up, but. when looking up when he passed away, I I learned a fact that I did not expect from somebody so what? chill. He's from Florida. <laughs> he was from Florida. But but imagine Bob Ross. You could be him. chill and be from Florida. Yeah, but just Florida is known. I mean, for Jimmy Buffett's not, not from Florida, chill. but he kind of adopted the state. I, I'm, I'm just saying, imagine Bob Ross doing a promo like, let me paint you a picture. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm going to paint you a picture of the beatdown I'm going to give you. There's going to be some happy little forearms. I'm just saying, Abraham Lincoln was Russell. Okay. We don't know Abraham Lincoln was that chill. Either. I was going to say, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't picture chill, Lincoln being that chill. I'm just saying, anyone can be a Russell. Like, there, there's no it's, reason it's for me to think really Lincoln was as Lincoln. chill as Bob Ross. I just find it really funny that Abraham Lincoln was a Russell. People have to do something with their lives prior to being president. <laughs> I know, really funny. Yeah, Ronald Reagan was an actor. Okay. Trump was an idiot. <laughs> I don't think he stopped that upon becoming president, though. I think Reagan was just beating Paige with him. Probably more of an idiot. <laughs> and here comes the World Heavyweight Champion, Bill Goldberg, who was kind of Bill the next Goldberg. big thing in wrestling. He had a, a a fake undefeated streak going on this year. Yeah. Fake in one regard because he'd actually lost some matches early in his WWE career before he started getting over. Mm-hmm. And also fake because they would exaggerate the number. Like, one week on TV, he'd be, he'd be 80 and 0. And the next week, he'd be like 92 and 0. And it's like, he didn't have 12 matches in a week. Yeah. It's been it's been one year and they'd be like he's has one thousand one one thousand win streak. But look, don't get me wrong. I was in the Goldberg at the time. His act was hot and he, he was... He was in some ways like the WCW version of Steve Austin because they had a similar look with the bald head and goatee and black trunks. I feel like his whole gimmick is just, I, you can't beat me. But where Steve Austin was more like the anti-authority uh, blue-collar ass kicker, Goldberg was more like the elite, unstoppable athlete. 
But I was into both of them. And I mean, I'll even peek my, I even voted for Goldberg as Wrestler of the Year in the PWI Awards that year over Steve Austin. The fact that I realized now was a mistake, but it doesn't matter. My vote wasn't enough to take the award from Steve. Thank God. But I, but I was Imagine into if Goldberg. it was. That whole history would be changed. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're outside Have of one. another establishment. And yeah. It looks like downtown Columbia based Just on the way the buildings are arranged. Probably. New, New England Tavern? Maybe I can't see because this cameraman cannot hold this camera steady. Looks like we might be in a... Oh, there's the wolf pack. Either in West man. Columbia or really near New West Brooklyn. Columbia. <laughs> Time to pull out GeoGuessr. Where's this location? I know you... If I, New Brooklyn to be Tavern. fair, it probably doesn't exist anymore. Probably. This is 25 years ago. You never know. Is it looking inside? Yeah. Uh, Lex Luger, they leave. The third man there, the, the gentleman with the blonde hair who's behind the group now... He was my favorite wrestler when I first got into wrestling in 1990. I'm pretty sure we've told that before. Nice. You can see some arcade games there. Couldn't tell oh, what they arcade were. Games. They seem to be just searching. Like I say, any place has got a pool table. I'm surprised they didn't go to Wings and Ale. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to the Wolfpack no, walks around. Like, That's what happens to someone nightfall. You oh, see the Wolfpack walking. I mean, don't get me wrong, that... Seems like the kind of douchebag move Kevin would do, but yeah, they had live music on. I, was, I don't think that was Tuesday and Sunday. I think it was Tuesday through Sunday, which would mean every day but Monday. <laughs> no live music on Monday. Maybe they're closed on Monday, but you know, I have to have one day without the music. It just has to be Monday. Uh, according to the closed captioning. Conan suggested they go to a strip club, and Kevin Nash was like, he ain't in no strip club. He's been kicked out of every strip joint in the country. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. Oh, I thought I thought we were screwed there. The video froze for a second and jumped. Yeah. Surprisingly, I think it's still there. <laughs> God, what was looking What's up. the address? I don't know. I just opened up, I just Googled it and then opened up Google Maps. You know Is that should tell you an address. Give me an address or street name. This is in South Carolina, right? Yeah, it's Columbia, South Carolina. It looks like it's very near... It looks like it's down in the section right by the bridge to West Columbia. To me. Let's see. Here's Ed It is. It is right next to a bridge by West Columbia. Uh-huh. See? See? <laughs> I told you that's exactly what that looked like. Uh, yeah, uh, 122 State, State Street. Street, West Columbia. There you go. Right next to... <laughs> that's what it looked Maddie, like. Right Maddie knows his Street. Columbia. This is uh, Ed Leslie... Who's wrestling? Oh, there's Lenny Lane. We mentioned him earlier, who did the ambiguously gay duo gimmick with Lodi. Or, okay. or will do it. If we're talking about from this point, it would be after this. But that the other gentleman is Ed Leslie, who's wrestling as the disciple at this point, the former Brutus Beefcake, sometime good friend of Hulk Hogan, who had been sort of his bodyguard with the NWO and then joined the One Warrior Nation. Apparently they have hot dogs. Okay. okay. That's one of the pictures. <laughs> I think Lenny Lane is kind of uh, mocking the Ultimate Warrior there with, with the rope shaking because that was a big thing for the Warrior. Uh, who, who's your preference between these two? I, I, uh, bathroom break. <laughs> okay, judging based on looks alone, the guy in the black pants. I mean, I don't, I'm, Lenny Lane was mainly a prelim guy. He did have a few gimmicks. You know, there may be something there. He never really was a big time guy, so I don't know that much about him. I'm, I'm not a Brutus Beefcake fan by any means. <clears throat> okay, y'all can't just leave it hanging like that. 
Where are your Power you, Rangers now? You, oh, you want to talk about Power Rangers? No. So you see. Would you rather discuss uh? Out of my mom Power Rangers, the looks of the guy in the, the black Power Rangers Zeal, which had the Zeal crystal, was appeared in season three of my mom Power Rangers. I know at one time the guy in the black pants had pierced nipples. Riddle Repulsor's dad was trying to get the Zeal crystal. I think. I was gonna ask, was he? What did? Was, then they stopped. Did he have? A, a, I don't know how what the question I'm trying to ask. Then it's gonna be tough to answer. <laughs> you see, my mom <laughs> no, is failing to Action think Actually, has a storyline that you can follow. Was he popular with women? How like, did I know? Fan wise, did he have quite a female audience? I never knew him to be considered like. He didn't I know mean, enough females. Early in his career, when he first started with the World Wrestling Federation, uh-huh. like in the early '80s, he, he his character was basically a male stripper. So I guess that's kind of what they were going for. But I don't remember him being, you know, a particular... I don't like them playing up that gimmick. Or hard But if we're not doing that, I see it. Okay. Don't ask why. I'm not sure what any of that was supposed to mean, but... Somebody understood it. I would hope so. Question of the week. Did you understand what (laughs) Alex was talking about? I feel like that's the question every week. Well, we, we only go podcast every other week, so. <laughs> and now Brother Buddha is going to get on the still trying to figure it out on the weeks we're off. Mike, Mike. Can you please stop scratching furniture, ma'am? I told you to come watch the show. She's like yelling us. at you now. Mm-hmm. That's a quiet yell. <laughs> She's a cat. She has small vocal cords. She's a house cat. <laughs> Hollywood, I'm all like done carrying your past and your weed. Weed? What? I've heard uh, Ed Leslie be accused of being Hogan's weed carrier. And that's why Hogan kept him around. Eh. Okay, why do you always climb over me? My chair has so many scratches. Yeah. Beautiful. Welcome to life with cats. Woohoo. He's leaving. Life with cats now. Well, you expect him to stay around? Where did Hogan come from? <laughs> I don't know. Here's a, here's a he was just like behind the WCW. Sign thing. I, mean, I didn't notice him being on commentary or anything, but he was over in that direction. Like I said, he was just hiding behind the sign, waiting for this moment. That was really He's up hard. here. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what it seems like. They were just sitting there that whole time. Man, we'll follow on him. A long yeah, way. Backstage yeah. again. Probably going to have some silly supernatural shenanigans. Oh, hey, Pepsi Machines. Yeah. Are they the same ones from earlier, or are they different ones, though? I think they might be the same ones. Oh, no, is this going to be another mirror segment? Is this the mirror segment? Holy (laughs) crap, did that happen at the night I was at, too? Oh, oh, he's next on mail. That's what I'm saying. It may be. (laughs) (laughs) It looks so goofy. (laughs) And then Eric's got to play off like he's not seeing it. Yeah, this is bad. This is what I'm saying. This, is doesn't, this doesn't feel like Attitude Era. I mean, there was some really stupid, goofy shit during the Attitude Era, but at least most of it wasn't this sort of spooky chicanery. It doesn't even look good. No, it, like, no, it looks like it looks like a, a, a two-way mirror is what it looks like. like it looks like a PG. Was this pasted there? Well, he's moving. Now. Yeah, but it's barely moving. Yeah. It's like, well, there's supposed to be a reflection. But to me, it looks like it looks like it's that sort of two-way glass you would see in like, uh-huh. uh, you know, a, a police station or something. Definitely. 
that uh, I mean, I, kind I, of the concept. How does this make any sense in the context of the show? Like, uh, we're this is supposed to really be happening? Like, it's not. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that just kills the suspension of disbelief and wrestling. And just don't really have any love for something like that. I mean, the camera seemed to have captured him. Why couldn't everyone else see him? Exactly. Well, it was just Eric that couldn't see him. Yeah, I don't even know if the announcers were fanning like they could see him or not. That that would make it even worse if they couldn't, but I... They Should have not had him there. Like they couldn't. Do you have Hogan talking about it? I mean... So then we that, wouldn't that be saying it either. better. I have no idea where they are now. Looks like they might be out near the fairgrounds. <laughs> Welcome to the freaking Wolfpack's road trip. This like, is, yeah. This, this is like the definition of a dive bar right here. What, what, what are they doing? Why do they keep moving they're, from place they're to place? Looking, they're looking for Scott Hall, remember? Old drunk Scott Hall. Ah. And there's a going on road trip to find him? Yep. Wait, wait. This is on it's Lee Park. This is on Lee Park Road. Look up Lee Park Road in Columbia. Yeah, right. just Just like, well, not H E A R T, like Bret Hart. Leap H A R T. Leap Hart Road. See what it's near. Leap Hart. And hey, they found Scott. Time for a good old barroom brawl. Yep. What, what was it? Leap Hart. L E A P H A R T. That's what the address said on this the establishment. Leap Hart. Leap Hart. How hard was that? I thought you think Lee Pot. I did say Lee Pot. No, Lee Pot. Oh, right, like a portion of Lee? Not Lee Pot. Oh, they're in the bathroom, Dylan. No. And Scott took, I mean, Kevin took Scott in the bathroom and closed the door. Do they realize how gay this is? <laughs> Lee Pot World. I mean, look, look, I, I think wrestling over the years just has. Uh, uh, they've gone a bit more west. What, what's it? What's it near? Uh, what's it near? Anyway, West, I, I think over the years wrestling has quartered in equal parts homophobia and homoeroticism, and I, I think this is leaning toward the uh, the latter in this case. That lady was happy to be on camera. Kind of close to a Walmart and a Chick Fil A. The Walmart in West Columbia. Yes. Okay. It's I'm not, not like on it. It's a near it. I'm, I've been to the Walmart in West Columbia. I used to deliver magazines to it. There are multiple churches on it. But I'm not as familiar with West Columbia in general, other than, like I say, the, 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 the you know, the cross over the river. And then Wolfa has oh, some... Oh, look, Bur- Charlie Brown shirt. <laughs> Wolfa has some Burger King just about at the end of it. Oh, look, we're all going Dang, to the bathroom just past now. the end of it. Yep. Oh, I think he stuck Scott's head in the toilet. Welcome to junior high, everybody. Oh, wait, they actually found him? Really? Yes. Really? I was looking for Lee Pot Road. I mean, fair enough. I did ask him to. Oh, look, I think I see me. <laughs> I did not have a sign either, so that would not help find me in the you crowd. Should, you should okay to sign. I thought about it. I told you I thought about bringing a sign that, that said uh, Lex is Larry, because Lex Luger's real name was Larry Fole. And I thought about a, uh, a Cloud Fear Sephiroth sign. Why is he walking out? If we ever go to another wrestling show, are you taking some signs? Probably. Signs aren't really that big a thing anymore. No. I mean, like, yeah. They are, but they aren't. Yeah, those guys painted the chests. I've, I've, I've seen on TikTok when people Imagine if you got like a tattoo sign. like that. I see people. With your body's best bell out or something. commitment, but it'd only be useful every now and then. You'd have to all be together, too, or else you're just walking <laughs> yeah. around with a random T on your chest and your name's like and Scott. And also, that'd be a whole boy idea. I think for Scott, it kind of works. 
Who would get a, a tattoo of the last letter of their name? <laughs> Puts my hand up because. So you're gonna get an S tattooed? Oh, no, I was thinking of the name I typically use, which is Alex, which I specifically put an emphasis on the X by using two of them. But an X is sort of like a cool symbol. It could stand to be fair, also represents Zilla, which is the first initial of that name, so for me, it totally works out. Anyway, Bischoff is out here. The to S part. could work out, too. Anyway, Bischoff is out here. To, you're going to get a tattoo like Shawn Michaels with the, with the heart, with the dagger. His hands look snake small. And S around it. I thought that was a cool tattoo. It sounds like a cool design, but no, I'm not I would have never gotten it. Isn't it? His hands look small. There wasn't an S in my name until I got married, and, you know, it still doesn't really make that much sense, but it's a cool I mean, technically there was, just not a significant one. Oh, well, yeah, at the end of my name. But I was, <laughs> I was thinking about, like, you know, yeah. my name starting with it. And then yeah. what's he doing, Kim? He's out here to further his storyline with Ric Flair. Like I say, he, he legitimately fired Ric Flair or for all intents and purposes and waged a nasty public relations campaign against him. Now Flair's returned to the company and they're also and they're having an on camera feud now to play off their real life feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh he's calling out Flair, just running his mouth about him, what have you. Now here comes Arn Anderson, Ric Flair's one-time best friend, the enforcer of the Four Horsemen, the man who retired in Columbia, South Carolina a year before this while I was there in the crowd. Nice. You gotta watch some, uh, some important stuff happen. Huh? So did you go to watch oh, yeah, some I'm, important I'm, stuff I'm, happen? It's, it's dope that I was there for that moment. I, I've never been there for, like, a really great match, though. The shows I have tend, <laughs> tend to be lacking in wrestling. <laughs> Great moments, not great matches. I mean, to be fair, the uh, the SmackDown Thanksgiving episode, there was a pretty damn good tag team match between Edge and Rey Mysterio and uh, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's not like an all-time classic match, but it was a damn good match. But yeah, most of those I've been to have been sort of gimmick-heavy, promo-heavy, not you know real heavy on great matches. But yeah, to have been there for Orange Retirement in that classic retirement speech, I'm very proud of that. Wrestling seems like kind of a hard story to follow. Because like, you can't be to every show. TV. Yeah, I mean, all, all the main yeah. stuff's going to be... I mean, the stuff that happened, especially back in the day when you were running six to eight, ten house shows a week, that, that stuff was just playing off of what was going on on TV. That didn't really mean anything as far as the storyline, except for the occasional title change you would have on a house show. You also had, like, But almost all that stuff was recorded to be shown on... on two, um, didn't you? Yeah, but like I said, that stuff was just... Whatever feuds were going on on TV, they were going to have matches that supported that. The actual advancement of the storyline was always going to happen on the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Except for back before there was Holy TV shit. at all, of course. But That group of signs back there. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Five, a party eight, eight nine. About the bowl cut. 15 signs or so. <laughs> the bowl cut is probably my least that's, favorite that's, that's the late Reed Flair. Unfortunately, Reed passed away of a drug overdose in the... Uh, I don't know. I think mid two thousand tens. I'm sorry. He's very close. He was very close to his sister Ashley, who everybody knows as Charlotte Flair, of course. Well, I don't want to make fun of how he looks anymore. I'll still say that the bull cut's a bad choice <laughs> because that's just a general statement, in my like opinion. 10. Oh yeah, I'm not even saying it was his Mikey, choice please. necessarily. I'm just saying in general, I don't like a bull cut. Didn't like it on the Beatles either. This is a this, like I say. This is one of the few. This is one of the few things I specifically remember from this show. Was this segment where Arn Reed came out some. to uh, confront Bishop? I mean, remember of course that it was uh, Reed's wrestling tournament that Flair missed the episode of Thunder to attend. Mm-hmm. That, that set off the whole rigmarole. He did the he did the mean woo Gene. Except Gene's not in the ring, so that's a lot. 
that was like Rick's signature call when he was being interviewed by me and Gene. But Interesting. There's no Gene in the ring, so. A little specious. There's no Gene. Reed's drug problems no might have started early. I apologize. It's <laughs> lovely fruit. That was, that was, <laughs> I think that was worse than me commenting on his haircut. We're talking more about power. Oh, again. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so you see. And I haven't seen so, uh, on which, side which power angel would each of these guys be? Well, he's obviously the red one. Okay. I think Eric's the villain, and he's just the dad. As I said, I'm getting vibes from Eric, but I, I, I don't think he's quite the villain. Honestly, hot take. I feel like Ellen. He might be like the Ellen? school bully, but he's not the villain. I mean, I, I he's, just, he's not good enough to be the villain, but I can see why he wouldn't be a ranger. I'm not saying I necessarily like either of these people, but I feel like Eric doesn't have as much charisma as Vince. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like Eric's looks better. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't think. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, buy his ankles! I don't think looks alone can want a business. Oh, I gone twice with the same move. Depends on the business, I guess. He knows one move. You know, if it works, it works. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And Eric is scared to go after that other guy. <laughs> not scared to fight a kid. <laughs> Eric will not wrestle. He will punch a kid into the side. Honestly, sun. Vince is probably buffer than Eric. Uh, oh, Vince yeah. was surprisingly yeah, buffer. Yeah, sure. yeah. Vince was a, a steroid-using bodybuilder. Now, Eric was a legitimate kickboxer, so he's got some skill. Oh, he can kick. I say, he doesn't look thin or skinny or anything. Oh! Yeah, he doesn't look as That's buffers. the sign of the four horsemen. No, look, look, let me, let me say it really quickly, too. I, I didn't mean to offend anybody. I, I harbored no ill will toward Reed Flair, and I certainly don't want to diminish the suffering that Rick went through losing his son. I can't imagine what that must be like. I was just making a little joke. And there's another dead person. There's a lot Maddie of them Eric events. Just in general. I mean, I don't think either one of them's a very good guy. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I particularly like either of them, but I feel like Vince has more charisma. I mean, I, I don't know. Vince has been accused of a lot of stuff lately. I mean, yeah. And uh, I'm just saying more in the ring. I mean, honestly... Don't particularly like Honestly, morally, Eric's probably a better person, but he is a douchebag, too. So Seems to be a lot of those. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of either one. That's uh, the former wife of Macho Man Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth. Nice. Neat. Uh, who is, as I said, very crassly, has also passed away. Uh, There's a lot uh, of dead people in wrestling. Yeah, I already said that. And I was also going to say that I was telling Doug, well, I mean, he look, said v- Vince has like a lot of charisma. I agreed with that, but I feel as though Eric has the better looks. We, we, we've always... We, for one thing, we are watching them for 25 years ago. In That's 25 fact. years, somebody's going to pass away. The, the, the yeah. people were all... Adults, at the very least, many of them were, you know, probably forty or more, or at least late yeah. thirty. So I mean, you're going to have some deaths within that. They were range within at some the point. adult life stage. Of but at the same time, yes, there is a higher than average mortality rate in the world of professional wrestling. You know, for a variety of reasons, some of which we've talked about before, some of which we don't even really know. But yeah, it, it is sad sometimes to go back and watch these shows because I can point out they're gone, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. Half the time you watch a match and like everybody in the ring will be gone now. It's very sad. I like that old school cell phone. The flip phone. I like flip phones. They make me think of childhood. Of course, I left the ring, but I'm sure you guys saw Reed take Eric down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the main thing I remember twice. from this segment. In fact, I, 
I, I remembered that Rick didn't even show up, but you're going to see in just a minute that I'm wrong. The music playing is probably the theme from 2001 A Space Odyssey also sparked their... their, their Space Odyssey, so. I hate that movie. Same. Yeah, but you know the dun, yeah, dun, dun, that was Rick Flair's interest in music. Still great Rick Flair used it better. Such a bad movie, honestly. Oh, yeah. 30 it's Minutes of Monkeys Around a Monolith. I'd rather watch 30 Minutes of Rick Flair. And I literally forgot... Yeah, that, easily. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that Rick even came out for this segment... Um, was he about to take him down twice? But I have, I have seen Rick. I saw Rick wrestle at a WWE house show on my birthday in 2002. Damn, you got to see him for your birthday? Mm-hmm. And that's some NWO. Yeah, I got to see Undertaker, Not the Brock Lesnar, Rob Van Dam was on that show, Booker T. Did that side the NWO actually have their own name? Or is it? They were, they were either just NWO Black and White or NWO Hollywood because Hollywood Hulk Hogan was the leader. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was it. They, they, they weren't as cool as the Wolfpack. And there's the four horsemen in the ring supporting Flair. Supporting both flares. All in casual clothes. Well, they weren't wrestling, I mean. You know, I could see Young Gravy. <laughs> if you're not going to have a match, there's no reason to have your hair on. Yeah, he's got the looks. And I feel I feel like I feel like it's something he, he could do. Wait, like, it would just say? be a, a fucking round sort of thing. I, I said something. I said I could see Young Gravy do wrestling. Not like full on, just like a funny little, yeah, celebrities doing some wrestling shit. Who the fuck is Young Gravy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I think he does some music. I, I mainly know him. Yeah, he's TikTok. a music man. Yeah. Uh, and he's formerly friends lot. with Scott. He does Minecraft. I I presume probably no longer. Yeah, I didn't know that until like the other day. And also, and he's formerly friends with uh, was it was Minecraft Universe? I think. Yeah, I don't know. And a Minecraft Universe did some music stuff with him. I think. Interesting. Was it him? I don't remember what I mean, song I know of Most him. likely it's with him because he's a music person who... I don't really care for group. him that much. I'm just... Yeah, I don't know much about him. I remember... God, what, what was that girl's name? Is it Addison Ray? That doesn't I sound great. I know. You know I know I st- I'm not even on that side of TikTok, I, I know honestly. it's a, you'll be scrolling through TikTok. You look at the comments and it's like, Young Gravy! No, well, you for me, I'll be scrolling through TikTok and suddenly there's Young Gravy. Yeah, I don't actually see it. Yeah, no, I, whoever it was, I think it was Addison. Right? I remember supposedly, like I said, I'm not on that side of TikTok. Supposedly yeah, he, her he parents were through, like a really messy uh, divorce or whatever, and then suddenly uh, Young Gravy was dating and attending red carpet events with her mom. I, th- <laughs> I think she's the one... <laughs> I think she's the one who released the dolls that looked kind of shit. Board, boards and, and I, I honestly felt more. kind of bad for her at that moment. Oh, apparently he was born 96. Oh, damn. So he was very young doing this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Older so, than the girl who played the Green Ranger. But younger than y'all's older brother. Back. Oh, my God. Same age as one of my best Speaking friends. of your older brother. Not the one you keep mentioning. Your, your, uh, your mom brought him up earlier when we were in the bedroom with y'all's youngest brother. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I don't think I'm speaking. I turned your brother's name to Marcus and you're... So we mentioned Marcus and uh, Johnny, your younger brother, who's been on the podcast sometimes, was like, uh, what's Marcus? <laughs> Not who's Marcus. What's Marcus? I love that. And what? there's Tomato Face Sting. What is Marcus? <laughs> Here comes... And now this should have been a really good match. Main event of the film at Live. Sting, great wrestler who I've watched throughout my whole Glitter. wrestling fandom. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers, Bret Hart, taking him on. They may have wrestled before this, but not often and not in a, in a big match setting. They both use the same finishing hole. This should have been a, a, a great encounter. But as you'll see, Bret's going to walk out and then immediately go back, and the whole match is just going to be like a, a hardcore street fight backstage. So I got to watch it on a TV screen. I'm sorry. Yippee. Live in the arena. 
which is very. I'm pretty sure I'm up there somewhere on the right hand <laughs> side of the screen. I think that's the side of the uh, the cool ring we're sitting on. Okay. I like the creativity. Plus, I think that lady had a pierced tongue. Good for her. Have you actually seen Sting? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you said yeah. I've seen Sting Russell live. Yeah. What about Galba and I? Oh, um, I don't know. We we did when he was with TNA. We did go to a TNA house show, and you guys got you know Sting, Sting bears. bears. But I'm not sure if he. I don't think he actually. Wrestled Batista had show. a better bear though. Yeah, we have seen Batista Russell. He was at the SmackDown that we talked about. I uh. Look, Brett's yeah. bringing out the glass and putting him in a glasses case. He's a long way. Or he's a long way from passing out the pink mylar shades. But he is a heel now, though. To be fair, WCW can't afford yeah. to pass out the shades. <laughs> well, WCW just cool blew jacket. everything with Brett anyway. Yeah, I like the uh, the old, you know. And he's a leaver. The the jackets he he and Jim used to wear with like the epaulets on uh-huh. better than the leather jackets. Yeah, exactly. He comes out for the match and then leaves. This and is so dumb. We get the whole thing it's just a fight backstage. Which you got to see him for two seconds. I'm sure it's a decent enough brawl, but man, I'm it just alive. I want to actually watch him live. We got to a fight backstage. There's a better set up. So I guess technically yeah. I've seen Bret Hart wrestle, but I don't really feel like I, I feel like have. they should have at least just had like. I don't like. I don't want to say he shouldn't have come out at all because I'm sure it was kind of cool to briefly see him. But at the same time, I feel like they should have had Sting just stand there and be like, "Okay, where the fuck is Brett?" He walks out and then he walks back again. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, okay. I think I think of my five favorite wrestlers. I've seen Rob Van Dam wrestle the most. I think Yo, he was on I the Raw House Show. Box. We saw him on uh, the TNA House Show. We actually met him at the TNA House Show. He told me to have a nice weekend. That's nice. Um, nice. Did you did have you? a nice weekend? I guess. It was <laughs> wasn't so. a memorable one. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah, I've been to see Russell for my birthday three different times. I don't think <gasps> I've the, Oh, did you break the Pepsi machine? For your birthday. You've been yeah. to wrestling. Well, yeah. Yeah, the Pepsi machine is mentioned. You mentioned my friend going to a wrestling show with us. I We did that for his birthday. Yeah, you've been to wrestling four times. Nice. You saw a Raw House show right before WrestleMania in 2005. Uh, we went to see SmackDown in December of 2005. We saw the TNA House Show in summer of 2010. And then, of course, we went to Raw in 2018. Very nice. I, summer, uh, I've seen one of my favorite wrestlers wrestle. What's that blue one battle, time? though? That trash can? Yeah, I didn't see, Yeah, probably. I just need Mick Foley to do a match in my birthday. But not labeled trash. I don't like think trash Mick's can. wrestling. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get that, but that's all I need. Man, that cup stayed on that table and moved. Was you it did, like blown down? You got to be a referee at the TNA house. That is fact. I, you, I have at least gotten to see him. And you got to That's see the cup. No, here's an interesting story about that. We, uh, we, uh, Mick was doing autographs after the show. Yeah. Not, not the same deal. Well, that's where we met Van Dam too. He was doing a thing where you could get in the ring with him and get a picture with him. Uh huh. And Mick was just doing autographs, so we got in line to get an autograph from Mick and. Your mother got a picture with him, and I was taking the picture, so I didn't get the picture. But you guys were too shy to get in the picture. You could have had a picture with Mick Foley. That's the worst day of my life now. Wait, wait, spoilers, though. I had a new camera, and I messed it up, and your mom technically didn't get the picture. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But if I had not fucked up the camera and you guys... See, maybe if you guys hadn't been so shy, I wouldn't have (laughs) fucked up with the new camera. Maybe. I, uh... You know, luckily, luckily he seems to do make appearances at events now, Okay. I'm gonna go find so. him. One of these days, I'll I'll, I'll probably meet him and uh, not he, be too shy. Here's to how you meet him. Make out live COVID. Is the <laughs> question. Here's how you meet him. So get some really rare wrestling artifacts, and maybe he'll come to you. I know. I saw one of the cons I was in our area over the summer. I believe uh, Bert Hart was also there. 
It was more expensive to meet him than to meet Nick, though. Yeah. All that coaching fell. I would say I'm not paying to meet anybody, but I guess technically I paid to meet Van Damme. But that was also about being able to get in the ring and just get a family yeah. picture with him. Yeah, I, I think uh, the price just to take a picture with Brett, I could be misremembering, maybe it was for just his autograph, was the same price as getting both with Mick. <laughs> it's like, get both with Mick fully, or get one from Brett Hart. I'll get, I'll get two pictures with Mick. <laughs> I met Bruce Pritchard. I have a picture of me and Bruce Pritchard. Nice. My nice. mom and I went to see his podcast live. I didn't meet my other favorite wrestler. Man, seeing a podcast so, oh, live did not sound that excited. Inter- interesting, yeah. too. Speaking of... Could be fun. I've told you I've seen Rob Van Dam wrestle live, one of any of my other favorite wrestlers. Uh-huh. This was during WrestleCade, which is uh, an event they do in Winston-Salem. Yeah, where they have, that's or, coming they, up very soon. It's like, a, it's like a whole weekend thing. We have meet and mm-hmm. greets, and like I say, sometimes there's live podcasts, and they, but there's a wrestling show, too. Are they about a pole fight? And I think the wrestling show was, was had just ended right before the podcast was started while we were so waiting in line smart. to get in for the podcast. And yeah. I kind of saw Rob Van Dam. <laughs> nice. I didn't see him wrestle, but I saw him like Lee. I saw him and Juventud Guerrero. Nice. You uh, you mentioned WrestleCade happening. Uh, you mentioned WrestleCade, and I said it's coming up soon. And going back to uh, mentioning uh, TikTok and whatnot, Goth Baby's going to be there. Who? You don't get Goth Baby on TikTok. It, it's it's who the fuck cool. is y'all? He he just crashed Bret Hart with the door, and y'all don't comment on that. That sounds painful. I'm just saying it's Matt, it's Matt and Ruby Hardy's but, kid. Uh, yeah. According but, to you, anyway. I don't. I'm by, not the way, by the way, I just want to say they both had poles and they didn't pole fight. I think they were setting it up, but didn't somebody? Now they both had poles again. They're not. Pole, they're not. Well, Bret hit poles. him with a pole and Singh dropped it. Well, they were clashing poles like they should have. Like gosh. I have all off. What is that? It's. Not exactly a golf cart, but it's like the sort of cart you'll drive through. It seems like you could not yeah, get like you'd, driving. You'd, you'd put like a you know you put some equipment on the back of it to haul it through the arena. Her, her parents are slash were wrestlers or whatever, but they did like a whole gothic uh, nursery and dressed in all black, and it went viral on TikTok. I think recently they've been doing. She'll come with the pole. Martha. I think oh, it's that was adorable. Adorable. Man. Wait, why did you say Martha? <laughs> I, I would pay Just to Just felt meet. like it. Dude, it's I'm, I'm, the, I'm the person who would pay to go meet a wrestler's child, apparently. I guess not the only person. If well, yeah, true. Obviously not. The only person in this room. <laughs> I'm just saying that I looked through the guest list and it, it didn't mention her parents. No, it's her specifically. That's the uh, Sting called it the Scorpion Deathlock. Bret Hart called it the Sharpshooter. I think it was originally called the the Satori Hatame, Scorpion Lock in Japanese. It was created by Masa Saito. But uh, both these men use the same finishing hold, and Sting's got bread in it now. Interesting. One of my favorite finishing holds. For my fantasy roster, I call it the Iron Maiden, but nice. you know, to each their own. I call it the Hee Hee Gotcha. There doesn't, seem to be a ref- there doesn't seem to be a referee back there, so I don't even think this is an official match. I think it's just a fight. Oh, that trash can. <laughs> oh, that trash can was Man, they, they planned this out poorly. Got the pole again. Hey, Dylan, back then, they didn't plan the match out from A to Z. They It's just improvisational give and take. They're just doing this as they go well, they along. They improvise this poorly. <laughs> they didn't plan this out. They're using what's there, and they're working with what's going on around them. Every th- every last second of it wasn't a setup. Well, I don't think every last second of any matches planned. Uh, modern matches, yeah, Some of by and large. Be. Did they really plan like everything? Yeah, I've just yeah. And I'm not, I feel like and there's I'm not, a lot of planning. And I'm not saying nobody did back then either. I mean, it's legendary that that Randy Savage conceived the whole match well, at oh, WrestleMania three with Ricky Steamboat. 
Oh, I guess that the match is That was it. It's just going to end with Sting being helped into a chair oh, by Doug Bellinger. Okay, Bellinger. wow. That was a bad match. <laughs> he tried to get the trash yeah, can, and then he walked away and sat down. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't have the, the trash can. That's it. not having the trash can. was just too much. What was that? That was something. That was the end of Nitro from October 5th, 1998, live from Columbia, South Carolina, with my father in attendance. Nice. Yeah, like I say, that I remember that match being extremely disappointing. It apparently wasn't even a match. There was no winner. There was no referee. And yeah, like that, I say, that's kind all of the action took place backstage, so we got to watch it on a monitor, so I may as well have just stayed home. That's that's kind of garbage. I wonder what was going on on Raw at the time. We, Probably something better. I don't know. Uh, might be once the title was held up, but before the pay-per-view where... Kane and Undertaker Russell Ford so this is probably before the lead up to Survivor Series where they had the tournament for the championship but honestly yeah Raw was probably better that night <laughs> these, these were this was not the this was not the absolute worst years of Nitro like in you know 99 2000 but this was not the uh, the heyday of the show either but I mean I was happy to be there it was fun to be there live and I enjoyed watching it with y'all like I say my big takeaways were the girl with the Goldberg sweat and, and the Reflaric Bischoff segment. Very nice. And like I say, the disappointing main event. I don't think I've ever had a really quality main event at any of the TV shows I've been to. I'm sorry. Um, I don't even remember what served as the main event for the Raw we all went to. I know they had a dark match afterward that was fun, if sure. Yeah. The the episode of Raw from 2003 that we watched on the podcast earlier this year ended with like a, a promo segment from Triple H and maybe a confrontation between him and Goldberg. You saw what we got here. I don't yeah, remember there being anything major on Thunder. And the Nitro the year the Nitro the, uh, the year before this, I think, did have a, a Randy Savage Lux Luger match. So that's that's probably the closest thing to a good main event I ever got. Nice. But again, it it's still fun to be there. Any any parting thoughts on the show? Uh, go watch Pound <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. Are you okay, Maddie? <laughs> it takes a long drink. Good job, Gob. He's finishing his drink. <laughs> Every time Gob mentions Bowen, just finish your drink. Oh be drunk and I'd be wasted after <laughs> that show. He'd be dead by the end of it. That'd, that'd be the Phantom Menace Lost episode again. <laughs> anyway, on that note, make sure you come back next time when the conversation will continue. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lexicon. No, not Lexicon Podcast. Patreon.com slash Lexiconvo. Uh, help support the show, get access to bonus episodes, and a cool sticker every month designed by the namesake of the show, Lexi herself. Yeah. Zeela Draws on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And again, until the next episode, I am or continue to be Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And this is Lexi Concluded. Bye!